Hideo Kojima has been a standard bearer for the very best that the gaming medium has to offer, and has inspired many into creating a mature art form. That guy, like he's he's such a genius, and uh, I'm just doing whatever he says, you know. And he's like, we're gonna make people cry. I'm like, for a video game, and he's like, yep. What because Kojima is the, the master, is the Kasparov of of, of of video games. And then he goes, he goes, and I go playing me, and he goes, no, they'll be you. It's not obviously it's not story driven in the sense that we go from A to Z like we do in a film. It is out of time, out of space. It is in the moment. So I think the opportunity of of doing things we've never done before could be very interesting. He is to gaming in many ways uh, what Cameron or Spielberg are to filmmaking. His absolute passion for perfection and his narrative ambition and scope. There is nothing in his stories that he does not love and feel strongly about. You can see strands of action, strands of manga, anime, tokusatsu, epics and existential philosophy. He believes, as I do, that we must cherish this medium not only for the entertainment possibilities, but for its artistic ones. We both believe that these things, these strands of pop culture, are actually keys to the mythology of our century. He proves that an altruistic voice and vision can sing loud and clear above the din of sameness, and that an individual with conviction and faith can manage anything through hard work. It is my great pleasure to introduce a creator, an innovator, and an awesome dude. Ladies and gentlemen, Hideo Kojima! Hello everyone, I'm back. Greetings ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 14 of Death Stranding Podcast. It is Tuesday the 23rd of January, and there are 55 days to GDC, 72 days to PAX, and 140 days to E3 2018. I am your regular host, Albert, and today I'm joined by my two awesome regular co-hosts, Dean and Steven. Welcome and introduce yourselves, guys. Go for it. Um, Yeah, we'll go with uh, Dean. Yeah, and then shift to Yeah, yeah. Glad, glad to be here. And, yeah, <laughs> it. It's important. It's like a little ritual we have. It's like, yeah, welcome, you know? Um, and yeah, how you doing, Steve? I'm doing fine, man. Awesome to be here, as always. Yes, awesome. So for our regular listeners, this is a weekly podcast dedicated to Death Stranding, the currently in-production upcoming title from Hideo Kojima and Kojima Productions. As well as news and discussion on the game itself, we also cover Mr. Kojima's many and varied influences, everything from literature to film, poetry, TV, and more. Our mission is to showcase and celebrate just how culturally, intellectually, artistically, and philosophically enriching and eclectic Mr. Kojima's work truly is leading up to and following the game's eventual release. With that regular rundown out of the way, let's get the show started. Right. Guys, welcome. Welcome. <laughs> it feels like it's been, too, it's been like it's been ages since we recorded Death Stranding podcast. Hey. Yeah, okay, but but it was a pretty long time, right? It was. Um, yeah. Days, so. That's right. So listeners, we're going to be um publishing uh recording, editing, and publishing Death Stranding podcast every single Tuesday from now on. It's just going to happen. So you can start resting assured of and being able to kind of time your, you know, and, and you know, know, know when the download's going to go out. So we're aiming for anything between um, like 11 p.m. to 11.30 p.m. every Tuesday um, Australian Eastern time for publishing time. Um, 
I'll add, you know, throw an extra out, a couple hours on that to account for really, you know, let's say, let's say, let's be kind, let's say, unideal uh, internet uploading times here in Australia. So I just want to say that off the bat, that's a huge, um, important thing for our listeners to know, and and also for you guys to know. Um, we, we'll we'll get that happening so that we can have that regularity just for ourselves as well. So, um, but yeah, look, you know what? I want to do my our regular roundtable. So go, Steve. How was your week in Kojima and Death Stranding? Uh, my 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 week was fine. Uh, when it comes to Death Stranding, I think we're entering yet another bracket of nothing is happening, and mm-hmm. Kojima yeah. is tweeting like a uh, another picture with his uh, with his Legos, and people are saying, "Oh my God, is this yet another like? Is this gonna be in the next trailer or something?" Yeah. So um, yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, yeah, it, it's a, it's a, it is a bit like that. I've been um, I've been really uh, you know enjoying a lot of like for example my main thing that I'm I want to riff today about is Robin Gaming. I'm just gonna you know address this right off the bat. We've been given a lot of um, uh, a lot of hints <laughs> about uh, joining in and describing uh, and um, sorry I'm gonna edit this but yeah because it's really fucking early. <laughs> so we have. Um, a fantastic uh, post by user Alvarosa Saldana, number one, and explaining, you know, this is this beautiful breakdown by Robin Gaming, and I basically say it'll be good to get this guy on the Death Stranding podcast at some point. Then we had our awesome um, regular commenter, uh, Cactus Juice Addict, says that would be awesome. You guys should definitely message him via Twitter or YouTube or something. Really like his vids as well as knows a lot about Death Stranding. Um, and I want to say, Robin, if you're listening, or any of Robin's um, subscribers that like are sort of tuned into his work, that that boy definitely knows how to write a compelling intro. Like I was all getting ready for work or whatever, and like, um, or just like you know, before seeing the shape shape of water rather, and put his his show on, and just here is he's an editing whiz. First of all, he's super earnest, mm. incredibly really great like clarity, and and um, he's very cogent as well with um with his explanations and just that stinger at the end of his intro is like, and now it's time for me to tell you why I'm excited. And why? Like, yeah. Yes. Are you kidding? Yeah. Dean, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, yeah. you, so, even though he didn't share any, any new information. I mean, we know all about that, but still it was a nice video, nice edited, nice music. Yeah. Pretty- That's right. It reminds me of, you know, how like with maybe investigative teams, you know, the, they just kind of to notice more things about whatever, like a crime scene, for example, or a case. They go through everything by everything. Like it just felt like an account. It's like, and he's saying things and phrasing it like, and then we see Mads remove this, and da 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 da, and da 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 da. Like it's uh, it was super comprehensive, and it's just a great document of um of someone yeah connecting with this material, and and so yeah to either you know his subscribers or people who are tuned into his content or to himself if he's listening, Robin, we would like to uh absolutely officially invite you onto Death Stranding podcast. Uh, it'd be a great honor, a great uh, privilege, and and pleasure to have you on to um, discuss uh, Death Stranding and sort of dive into uh, essentially expanding on what you bring up on your videos in this sort of longer form format. And in fact, we are in the middle of a um, breakdown series called Threading the Strands. We're up to, um, uh, we'll soon be recording a minute three of uh, the um, third trailer. So I think that that would be a pretty cool alignment, you know, number three, um, third trailer. And, And that's Literally, as we've just been setting up those first two episodes, we've gotten to a point in the uh, events of the um, 
trailer itself where literally this is just like your minute Robin this is what I'm basically saying we'd like to invite you on to discuss this one minute basically between if I remember correctly when um, you know the uh, as we call him gun guy or um, uh, or Bob you know uh, he sort of clasps you know his mouth shut and as does you know the Peter who's who's pinned under the vehicle um, and and Sam as well uh, when that the, the first entity arrives so I think that would be a perfect you know uh, you're another worldly entity in terms of the effort you put into and the time you put into your craft I think the arrival of a uh, really kindred and and just like a, I'm I'm in, I'm will it'll be a breakdown of that minute but I would also like to interview and kind of get a beat on your story uh, with Kojima and Death Stranding Robin so I'll transpose everything I've said here into a comment or into a message and I will send that to you as an official invitation so we had um, Cygnus um, HD or otherwise known as Ilias on for God of War podcast he's a he kind of um, takes an analogous angle to yourself with, uh, you know, with God of War, a sort of keyed into that. So we'd like to have that kind of um, that same, uh, if, if that's all right with you, you know, to join in and um, and bring your own kind of insights, which are super unique and um, and very well phrased and, uh, and and very kindred as well. So we'd like to invite you on. Awesome. Well, you know what? Um, I, th I threw it to Steve in terms of uh, his week. Um, Dean, how was your week uh, in uh, Kojima and Death Stranding? Uh, you know, uh, one thing we we pretty much uh, knew since yesterday only is that new podcast of Norman. You you listened to that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. How amazing was that? You know, I saw people commenting yeah. in the post, definitely. Yeah, yeah, great stuff, and and it really, it really did have some. Uh, I mean, not new, but he he kind of you know continued on uh, on the stuff he said before that you know there'll be you stuff. Yeah, he kind of continued on that, and and I think we now know a lot more than we did before about his character. Perhaps I mean not maybe much more, but yeah, when we get to the news sections, I'm ready to talk about that. Absolutely, for and sure. Then, mm, absolutely, and then we have our our central theme, as I've named the episode. Thalassophobia is a thing because it mm. connects, and I gave the definition there on the post. But um, I'm just actually replying right now on live on the show to use a hatchet man, Ralph, um, who says I have discovered the realms of r slash thalassophobia recently. This is me editorial editorializing, but um, I discovered thalassophobia through Reddit as well. It was just this very strange looking word and then I sort of clicked in it was sort of it popped up in the sort of uh, you know um, top top reddit and that there you go is your indicative symptom it's it's one of the top fears uh, uh, humans have of, of the ocean you know so um, anyway he continues or she or they continue I've always had a fear of large occluded bodies half in and half out of the water ships oil rigs shipwrecks to some degree I got now I have a name for the feeling, and I explore it, and I explore it more there. It's worth a visit to get into the deep water fields. So, have you guys been to Reddit slash Thalassophobia? Mm, can I say have not. I... Yeah. Oh well, if you have a computer nearby, it's it's going to be real. Yeah, I'm lucky. looking at it now. Yeah. yeah. Definitely have a look because that explains everything we're going to dive into, and it is this recurrence of of water um, imagery and themes. Um, Listeners, we had a chat just before we uh, went kind of, you know, into the episode on Shape of Water. This is Death Stranding um, podcast, so I'll kind of keep uh, the conversation uh, centered around, around Death Stranding and Kojima. Needless to say, I sort of expressed my thoughts there. It's I, I'll give you this small uh, little kind of um, condensed 
version of what I thought. It's it's made its way so immediately and so evidently and, and inherently inherent to how who I am. Like it's made its way so closely into my heart. That movie, uh, the you know, in applying it to the subject here, thalassophobia. So. Um, the main character is this, uh, you know, this is Sally Hawkins, you know, Eliza. Um, she connects and bonds with something that a lot of people find completely terrifying, this creature from the depths, so from the water. And this um, concept of not being able to understand the unknown is is played out a lot into, into this, into this um, narrative. And it connected with me on, on many levels because we've all... Uh, have a sprig of the other of us and that when we you know in his speech you know Guillermo phrased it perfectly like monsters represent um, our flaws and our misunderstood selves um, that's why I have this heavy feeling that these creatures I won't end up hating them these death stranding creatures because I know that they're just enacting their own nature you know they're just being literally all these little bugs that we every time we drink a, a glass of water there are many thousands of little creatures called rotifers and like you know like small creatures that like are just in the water they're just being you know we ascribe all these monster monster like attributes to them but that's all it is and in the ocean you know it's terrifying from a conceptual psychological point of view but those whales and creatures with big teeth and all that stuff they're just they're just you know they wake up and go to sleep same as us you know <laughs> they're just trying to be so um but yeah, so we'll do a little roundtable on that. So that's listeners. Yeah, it, it sort of made it, that film made it way straight into, straight into my heart, and it'll be there like my whole life, definitely. So please, definitely, if if not only for the Death Stranding association with awesome Guillermo del Toro, um, it's a phenomenal movie of its own right, even outside of um, yeah. Like again, when a movie's well done enough, it transcends its genre. So it's certainly the case here. So um, yeah, awesome. And I, I, you know, we talked about it earlier, but I don't want to seem rude, so. Steve and, um, and, and Dean mentioned they hadn't seen it yet, and I'll just reiterate it to you guys. You must go see it. It's really beautiful film. Astonishing. And, and, and a lot of shared DNA, let's put it that way, with Death Stranding. Like, within the first two minutes of the film, you'll be like, wow, these two share a creative Venn diagram of, of uh, conceptual thinking and, um, and inspiration and, and kindredness, definitely, between Hideo and Del Toro, for sure. Um, yeah, so I'm just messaging back to Hatchet Man Ralph. That's where I first heard of the term, and uh, that's and it just immediately leapt out at me. It's like we haven't discussed this huge aspect to the story, and I want to do and we'll go unmetered, turn off the meter. I want to hear each of your relationships with um, the unknown, with uh, bodies of water, with um, the symbolism of this stuff, and um, we want to do deep dives. And I keep coming into that pun, <laughs> deep dive, you know, into into this subject. So. For sure, awesome. So, what, what is the uh, what is the exact definition? Is like the the fear of the unknown in the water. That's right. So, I'll read it to, out to you from the post. Um, it basically says so. Thalassophobia, Greek thalassa, which means sea, and phobos means fear, is an intense and persistent fear of the sea and of sea travel. Thalassophobia can include for, fear of being in large bodies of water, fear of the vast emptiness of the sea, and fear of distance from land. It can also include fear of the unknown and of what lurks beneath. 
So the galvanizing questions I had, and I'll field them to you guys as well, why not? Um, and maybe for listeners to sort of start thinking about, why does the depiction of Limbo in Death Stranding so strongly resemble and evoke the ocean? And I've included a lot of artwork here from my favorite painter of all time. His name is uh, James Gleason. Um, he is a surrealist. He's an Australian surreal surrealist painter that I counted, encountered in my studies here uh, when I was graduated now, but yeah, when I was at uni. Um, and his, his art is uh, essentially a series, especially his latter art, is a series of depictions of the unconscious. Um, half-formed, half-glimpsed forms, you know, that really do um, resemble and uh, evoke the ocean. And um, it, when I saw that scene in the third trailer of, uh, of Sam, you know, um, he, uh, you know, you know, basically like immersing himself into uh, um, the, uh, you know, the, like that sort of dream space, that limbo space, it, it completely made sense to me because the unconscious is often just talked about as, as an ocean, you know, and um, this idea of the dream realm, you know, and, and the, the realm of life and death, like where, you know, the pineal gland, like, you know, that, that, um, how they say that they, it's closely like death and dreaming are very closely tied in together in that way. So I'll finish the definition, by the way. I uh, said so the, the, the question, sorry. So as I mentioned, like that thing about, you know, why does Limbo evoke the ocean? The other question I asked, why do the tardigrades and the colossal rotifer, so those tardigrades are the little creatures that kind of climb upwards on those strands that like Sam spits out. Um, mm. Yeah. And the rotifer, um, we're going to talk about these little guys um, later in the show, but I call them the colossal rotifer because he's that um that massive creature that devours one of those um darkened bodies um floating upwards slash downwards to the surface um you know uh when sam is in limbo space so is this implying that these organisms are evolutionarily resilient and suited enough for surviving in all climates including the space between life and death was this limbo space created by the fourth explosion or did it rip open a portal to this place that had already existed and what are your thoughts on the symbols of heads as hands and hands as strands so that sounds like dr seuss by the way <laughs> egg and ham yeah so we have a lot of comments here but we have obviously listeners for the, um new listeners we do have a structure to the show We've sort of taken our little diverticular um, into kind of catching up and also riff, riffing a bit more casually about about stuff and going into all sorts of subjects like the, the shape of water and discussing thalassophobia. But um, we, I'll, I'll jump into our structure very soon and our little outline for each show. So, um, Steve, you read up on it. The, now you know about uh, thalassophobia. Uh, yep. <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I was actually thinking on, um, I don't know why I was uh, remembering uh, one of the most fascinating movies that I saw when I was a kid, uh, James Cameron's The Abyss. Ah, yes. Uh, I, the, I, I don't know why it made me uh, recall that movie. It's a fantastic movie about uh, explore, uh, like uh, explorers in, in, in very deep underwater conditions that um, the find uh, sort of extraterrestrial creatures leaving uh, very deep underwater and... Uh, I don't know why I remember that. <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of like, yeah. Well, there's a shared, there's a shared um, uh, relationship there with um, with Kojima because he's he's cited, hasn't he, Dean? He's he's cited the Abyss as one of his. Oh yes, you're right. Yep. Yeah, one of his main, mm. one is one of his main. I think he doesn't say direct inspirations, but there's obviously, you know, as we've seen here, the, you know, evoking the ocean and these themes. You know, there's a connection between them, obviously, of the I call it that sort of virtuoso gene of they do everything, they're consummate hard work 
filmmakers, consummate directors and creatives. So they have that. But then um, he said, like, The Abyss is sort of one of my favorite projects to think about how a man, how a how a director and a creator like carried out a vision. I think he's like, that's it resonates with me a lot. So that's what he said about that. So, um, um, Dean, what were your thoughts on the yeah, philosophobia? We'll dive obviously further into it, into the main body of the show, because it's our main topic. Just but like, what's your off the cuff relationship with it? And, and you can even riff about the abyss if you want a little bit as well, Dean. I actually haven't watched Abyss, but I'm downloading it right now as you speak. So nice. yeah, I, I made it event and yeah, it, it seems I heard about Kojima talked about it, yeah, but I haven't watched it. Yeah. But yeah, about Telosophobia, I mean it it reminded me a lot when I heard about it you when you spoke about it before on Skype and everything. It reminded me a lot and, and there there's a comment here about played it inside. And did you play it, guys? Yes. Inside? Oh, tell me about okay. it. Steve, like... you played it. Mm. Yeah. I haven't I don't played. I don't oh shit. <laughs> I, I really wanted to spoil, but do you mind if I spoil one little part? Uh, about ooh, it? Yeah, don't worry. Ooh. Are you sure? But, but uh, it's it's, it's, okay, it's okay. not story related. Okay. Only only gameplay. Oh yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's it's really similar to this philosophobia uh, thing because you know the part where that little girl is like in the water and yeah, tries yeah, to yeah. catch you. Oh my fucking god! Are you that, kidding that, me? That, that, one of the one of the best best things in that game, and the music how it went uh, faster and faster as, as soon as she was closer. Yeah. So that's the feeling I think. Yeah, philosophobia. Oh the, god, mm. tell me about it. And you can read it so metaphorically too. Like um, as a, I don't want to cut you off at all, but just so I don't forget to yeah. mention it. Um, the female um is is often uh, tied into uh you know historically. I'll take a little aside here to just basically apologize to the female gender on behalf of like in historically male uh you know domineering and patriarchy has been the most bullshit thing and it's basically essentially because on the on the basic level physically like uh and this is why you know mankind like as in men really applied all their insecurities and projected onto them like in the sort of witch burning times for example we ascribed all this crazy mysticism and and frightening aspects because we couldn't adequately explain why like they bled every month and why they bear children and they had this sort of magical connotation that's what the witch is about if you've seen that film it's this beautiful payan like i don't really dig, dig horror at all but it's this i just read it purely metaphorically as this woman awakening to her own power awakening to her own kind of kindred tribe and like elemental um you know um um, just nature uh, as as a woman and um so we've always ascribed like that's the saddest thing about it we're still and we rightly should apologize for it and like rebalance a little bit the uh, um, historically how we've treated ourselves in that disparity of the genders. But what that scene in Limbo reminded me of is that pure fear of like the ocean, pure fear of the mystery. And in fact, her face is constantly shrouded in that terrifying hair. Oh my God, that hair. And like, and she just reaches for you. That's the thing. It's just, there's no words. Like, you know how it's all silent Mm. and she just grabs, she just chases you and breaks in. And what does she do? Like before it fades out, if you die, what happens? The animation, Dean. Oh, I can't. Re- I I think she like just grabs you and ha- hugs you, like something like that. Yeah, just I, strangles sure. you. Just strangles you yeah, down strangles. into the depths. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. So, and that's you know, it, and again, Limbo is is definitely best best um taken when uh you know seen as like on that metaphorical level as well as well as visually um and also again tied dna listeners um he has mentioned that it was uh, kojima that is has mentioned that it's one of his most um yeah like one of his touchstones and one of his my favorite um releases of the last year or 2017 you know so and they're already working on their third one have you seen the screenshot from that third one 
Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, looks good, great. Snow, I, I, yeah. Every single game, every single game they made so far was just been phenomenal. Yeah. That's right. Um, you know how like uh like Kojima, he he he, you know, I yeah essential father of, of the stealth genre and there's been you know there was splinter cell that came after that um mm. and i think siphon filter although that's that's not really stealth is it but yeah basically you know it became the stealth genre i feel like limbo in a way like the limbo likes is a thing to me personally because i, I know there's all there was always these side scrollers and stuff but for to capture a certain mood and a certain tone like there was essentially a, a game that came out around about the exact same time as as limbo and it was um, there, it was just almost identical to Limbo in terms of vibe, or mm. that it was trying to. You, you mean black something? Little, little nightmares. You're talking about that? Oh, no, little nightmares is is. I think it's it sort of stands out. You know, they're going to do a Netflix series for that, by the way, Dean. Yeah, I, I heard about it. Yeah, she's great. So cool. <laughs> I know. Yeah. yeah, really playing with fear. So again, listeners, this subject uh, for this is is um, definitely we're going to be looking at the subject of fear and, and in all the shapes that it takes and how it can be healthy and unhealthy. And don't worry, it won't turn into like a psychology show or anything. But it's all always going to be within that sphere of Death Stranding. But not just because of, oh, let's make sure we talk about the video game. It's like no, the language. And this is what goes back to the Samuel L. Jackson. Sorry, Samuel L. Jackson. The Samuel Beckett episode is that this material can really be used to uh have discussions and you know it gives us visuals already even without having played the game it gives us these visuals and these themes that like if for example i was a psychologist or a psychiatrist if my client was open to it i would use some of the metaphors um uh, of the child of this imagery i mean it's very dreamlike imagery with 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 death stranding you know it i could see you know kojima going to like um, you know, maybe talking about this dream with like a dream specialist or, or a psychologist or a psychiatrist and saying, look, I've had these dreams. This is what this means. This is what happens. And there's, the, there's a man with the baby inside. And like, this is the sort of thing that people maybe, you know, I, I you know, if I had to take a quick reading of it, I would say that the trailer resembles a dream that a really stressed husband would have had uh, leading up to his wife giving birth because he has this dream of the baby being inside him and giving him the thumbs up. It's okay, you know, it's the the baby's going to be born safely. Like it's it like it looks like a stressed out husband, a father <laughs> in the making fever dream. <laughs> That's kind of what it looks like. So, so yeah. So oh no, and thank you for bringing up Limbo and um. Talking about that, you know, you mentioned like the abyss, and we well, yeah, we were talking about the abyss. So, um, hey, Steve, did you have any? Um, you said you hadn't played it yet, but um, Limbo, uh, Inside, anything, even Little Nightmares, did you have any riffs on that? Well, I played, uh, I played uh, a little bit of uh, Limbo. I didn't finish the game, but I haven't played uh, Inside. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, we we'll definitely recommend it. Limbo was a bit. Uh, I mean, it, it was our first game of the, of its kind, yeah. but Inside yeah. is just pure pure masterpiece. I I really urge you to play it. It's pretty terrifying. It feels like reading a really like like George Orwell, but with the lights really dimmed down. Mm. You know, definitely awesome. Well, anyway, listeners, I want to inform you, the guys, that uh, guys and gals and everyone, that uh, yeah, at the you know with every show we we have a sort of big structure that we have. I think it's yeah, around about like seven or so sections. So the first section we have is we sort of do a little bit of a roundtable about how everyone's week. Is you know was in Death Stranding Kojima like we just did. After that, we have a Reddit rundown where we just literally just jump onto the Death Stranding Reddit and discuss what sort of jumps out at us and sort of give out shout outs as appropriately for some of the beautiful content that our amazing sort of birthplaces I call it. You know, give it a shout shout out every week because none of this would have happened even with interactive artistry really fully 
stepped into what it was uh, always meant to become, you know, due to, you know, this training podcast, uh, reaching, you know, um, uh, as the audience that it has and, and finding it and connecting with its audience, which we see, by the way, again, listeners in reflected in views and downloads, we, we, we can't thank you enough. And, and we, we, we love you all a lot. We really do for, for, um, helping grow, uh, the network and helping grow the show as well. And, um, we have, I have a number of people I want to, um, get to, you know, Cactus Juice Addict commented in the pre-recording post, uh, really extensively with his thoughts um, and, and, and interpretations. So uh, I'm really looking forward to getting into that. So yeah, we'll do a Reddit rundown. After that, we're going to have readout from Reddits, which is where you go. I'll go into a specific post. So instead of just, you know, kind of looking at, you know, just scrolling through and then discussing with Steve and Dean uh, what we see there and what jumped out to us, I'll go into one of them and I'll just give them a specific, specific, specific highlight. Um, then we have our supporter shoutouts and comment readouts from anywhere on the web, including um, the Reddit posts and like Twitter and everywhere, Facebook. Then we'll have our main topic, which is in this episode, Thalassophobia. And if we um, can find a space for it, I definitely want to um, um, potentially have an episode within an episode, the third chapter of uh, um the Phantom Painting Games with Dean, who sort of he'll lead us, he'll take us through that and we'll um, follow his structure there. Um, then we have closing remarks, if we want to do a quick little roundtable there and then sign off and wrap up. Awesome. So we just kind of finished segment one, which is how was everyone's week? So unless anyone had any extra wrinkles to their week they wanted to get into, um, Dean? I mean, I, I wanted to ask you guys about if you watched it, uh, the Valhalla Rising. You, you said, uh, yes, like you did watch. It. Yeah, yes, I have yeah. seen it. Yeah, mm. yeah. I, I mean, it's it's really. <laughs> I don't know what to think about it, man. I watched it again. <laughs> I'm still on the re- on the ref on the horse. So nice. But I, I watched uh, two, two, two more times Drive, and I watched one more time Neon Demon, and just appreciate it so much more now. Me, these are almost perfect movies. I, I really, really love them. I'm yeah. really glad, yeah. And I, and I'm. But Valhalla was, oh my God, Valhalla I was. I just Atmosphere. don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, the it, thing it, is it that a, uh, with, you know, with yeah. Nicholas Winding Reffing, the thing is that Drive is his most mainstream yeah. movie. So mm-hmm. he's he's this kind of you know European um, more of art house kind of filmmaker. So a movie like Valhalla Rising is very. It's very slow, but it's also like amazing looking. In it's very original yeah. looking, like yeah, uh, and it's very violent. It's very contemplative, <laughs> and it's very yeah. So <laughs> it's not for everyone. That's what I want to say. Oh definitely. yeah, but I I just I just felt like like it it had low budget, really low budget, and and stuff like that. But uh, I don't know. Neon Demon is also kind of similar to that movie, but it has so much. Uh, better music and and I I really liked music maybe in in uh, Valhalla because it had this music but not really it wasn't really music it was more mood like and yeah. I don't know e- e- every single time I watched that film I, I watched it two times uh, it it just feels like a dream like I'm dreaming something and then I probably re- forget about it <laughs> when I wake up something like that. and yeah. it, it happens I, I forget about it <laughs> I, I completely agree so, and, and didn't I say that when I when you when we first discussed you know ref and you mentioning yeah, yeah. the ref and horses asleep, you said like. yeah uh, yeah I just like I just and <laughs> it wasn't and I don't feel bad like it was just like well done like it's very tough for me sometimes to get to sleep so like I mm. really appreciate that and I don't, don't <laughs> want the, I don't want this to sound like a 
awful like backhanded compliment to ref and like i really love yeah, all yeah. of his works i really do and it was just that day in particular i really promise like it's not my relationship with that film entirely is like that's the film i put on to go to sleep i i put other things on to go to sleep um yeah yeah like playlists and stuff you know music and whatever youtube stuff but um no no i and i yeah i love i love i love his work and, and valhalla rising is definitely a very unique film i would yeah, it's say it's unique yeah it's unique but that's the best best place you can put it, yeah. and it it deserves it deserves praise just because of that, in my opinion. But yeah, agreed for sure. Um, and Steve, any other wrap up thoughts with your week in um in yeah, just in general, really? Uh, no, dude, that's fine. I, w- I was actually gonna say that uh, you should use the third Phantom Pain episode to talk about uh survive maybe if you uh, like, I, I understand <laughs> i understand there is like a uh, like a beta right now or All something right. i haven't played it but i think uh steve just, maybe you uh, can talk about that yeah i think <laughs> also i can see he's trolling us yeah don't, no 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 don't no no i saw it I, I i don't think i can't see even if we're just recording without like visuals and like faces and stuff i can see dean just being like yeah why don't you talk about that just like a little shit story <laughs> just like <laughs> you <Wow>. know <laughs> just uh, it's in australia we have this term like shit stirring it's just like just poking the, the bee's nest to just like see if we can get because as we know like it's so reviled you know um and i don't want to like you know i, th- I think uh, excluding everything with what happened with Kojima, um, uh, you know, the, uh, all of those guys working on Metal Gear Survive, it's not like they're villainous people. They're just, you know, making ends meet, oh. you know, uh, paying the bills and everything. And, um, and you know, yeah, if, if, if people want to ride in with their thoughts, uh, that's totally fine. It's not like a pariah subject and we won't discuss it, but we won't dive just, we won't really dive that far into it, even in the, um, Death Stranding, uh, you know, sorry, the uh, yeah, Phantom Pains and Gains. Um, uh, but I like the idea of, of definitely addressing it. So, Steve, you, I like that half troll but half serious, like, yeah, talk about that, huh? Maybe talk about that, huh? huh? So, yeah, we'll get around to that for sure. Either in this you know, you know what, yeah. what okay. we should do? We should do a fifth podcast, Metal Gear Survive. <laughs> so every every everyone has to be talking about. No, yeah, added, uh, you know, announced on the Interactive Artistry Network Metal Gear Survive <laughs> podcast. Um, it's actually going to be bi-weekly, so two episodes a week. <laughs> Just totally. Well, I was just saying it because I mean, survive. Obviously, I mean, even without having played it. Uh, it obviously takes a lot from Phantom Pain, so I was just saying maybe, okay, you want to talk about this because it takes a lot from Phantom Pain. It's like yeah. the engine and everything. Yeah, yeah but ju- it's just the direction, man. I, I, I can't stand the direction they're taking. And yeah, yeah, I, 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 take take the engine, take everything which you made, but just don't don't name it Metal Gear, and everything's fine. But yeah. this just just this hurts. is a mockery. This is like, sorry, I'm just gonna take my little moment. It's like parading around kojima's baby's corpse it's like the baby's dead and then you grab like he's left like kojima is metal gear face it like deal with that and they've tied little strings well, around, you know, yeah, tied you know little something. strings around um, the dead baby and they're like animating the dead baby like a dead puppet that's his that's how perverse it is to me uh just to get fully into my own opinion it's like leave it be like you said dean like just take the engine do something different but yeah anyway go ahead steve now you know something. I, I would actually, I'm actually not interested at all on in survive just because it's not my kind of thing. It's not my my, my kind of thing. It's not like multiplayer, uh, third person shooter games or stuff like that. So I'm not interested in it. But I would give them a chance um, if it wasn't because of that. Because yeah. for example, 
I, for example, uh, Rising was wasn't a game made by Hideo Kojima, and I think I, I mean I personally think it's an amazing game. I, I love Rising. Yeah, he did as, have as input. What it is. I mean, yeah, he did have input. Like, and yeah, he, he was he was at the company at the time. So, but I see what you mean. I, I like that, and and it's important not to be too judgmental. And then, I mean, I let you know I was mentioning at the start, like, uh, you know, an endeavor in in and of itself is innocent. There's a lot to do with the high management of of konami that fucked up like the workers themselves like making the title there's mm. there's no ill will there and as you said if it was and no inherent uh like awfulness you know um like and, and ill will directed there so i just want to like support what you're saying i'm um, steve yep absolutely oh no, yeah absolutely and, and and i mean like i said it's um, to me rising it's like its own thing for example and it's the is the proof that you don't need like Hideo Kojima being the director to have a good Metal Gear game, and yeah. uh, I hope I hope they're still gonna milk um, Metal Gear in the future. They you know try something that is not just a multiplayer thing with microtransactions. That's that's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I agree. You just I, I said the direction because Metal Gear Rising is again story driven. You know, single player adventure, and if they did something like that, I would be pretty fine with it. I mean, not fine, fine because of everything that happened, but I would, you know, consider it even binding. But this is just, uh, I have zero interest and yeah. zero respect towards that. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I like everyone has kind of, um, you know, a different viewpoint. It's very important, you know, and we're, we're definitely not people to shut things down or get completely, you know, aggressive or anything. It's just like, it's all, it, there's no need really. Like the, the situation speaks for itself. Um, uh, you know, between Konami and Kojima, and I think it's the approach that Kojima himself is taking, incidentally. And we're not just sort of modeling our way of interpreting it and dealing with it after him. It's just, it's actually a very human thing. So it goes beyond that. It's like, um, you know, recognizing what the thing is, where it came from, and uh, yeah, like there's no like animosity for me towards the team themselves um, because the team, you know, didn't do what the but Konami as a whole did, you know, taking Kojima's name off the box, preventing him from, like, they just their PR is probably the worst PR in the world that I can even imagine. They're so out of tune to um to reality. It's crazy. So, you know, but again, you know, it's I don't like seeing people fail uh, or get hated on. I always want people to succeed and, like, learn from their mistakes. So I'll just say this right now. Konami, you know, uh, are we, I just want you to, you know, grow. I, I want everyone, in, you know, that I know to who, who has experienced um, trials and and um, you know anger and backlash because of the way they behave. I want them not to continue getting that in terms of punishment. I want them to learn and, and grow. So it's like, why not? You know, it's be, it's best to like. What is it? My my girlfriend Ray. She says it's better to heal um, through uh, healing instead of through punishment. You know. Uh, so if if that can happen for you guys please do but you know i i don't expect you to technically because you've shown yourselves to be really you know i have to resonate with with young here um young's take on on konami is very kindred to my own uh so but again it's just always i always need to add that silver lining of you know what um humanity is humanity art is art effort is effort and um and if among all that like these um, the responsible parties who I'm sure they know or are other, maybe they don't, maybe they're that oblivious, but I'll just hold out that hope. Maybe that humanity affirming hope that, uh, people who 
have fucked up that they learn that they actually take a moment and become better people but uh, there you go so well you know what we end up talking about it anyway which is fine you know it's important to address it you know there's there's some connectivity there um for me though that they're, mm. they're completely separate um but yeah so we were in the middle of uh yeah just tying off the end of everyone's sort of week and stuff talking about and i'm look it was part of you know there's there's a, a very thin and fading strand of, of connectivity there with um, it'll get survive and um and the abyss uh, really really cool to get riffs on that and play dead's titles um but I, i'm personally pretty good um i've kind of i kind of riffed my week a little bit when i was reflecting you guys's and i definitely want to balance out the uh you know when i'm editing i see how often like I'm the one kind of, uh, you know, uh, expressing, you know, and, and like discussing and, and talking really. Uh, I want to sort of balance that out and, and throw it. That's why I have this term, which I love, this new term. I was like unmuted talk. I just want to have have each of you explore as, as far as and as extensively as possible into your answers so that, yeah, like you don't have to feel like you uh, have to just feel feel free to go as long as you like. Um, everyone, um, you know, on the show, you guys, co-hosts, my co-hosts. So um with that done um that was our sort of catch up and now we have our reddit rundown so if everyone has the reddit in front of them just wanted yeah. to ask fantastic so death stranding uh reddit.com uh, forward slash r forward slash death stranding fantastic place and um a lot of our listenership is from there um what um sort of jumped out at either of you um about sort of this week in the reddit um we'll go to steve um yeah what did you think uh, I still don't have the uh, the Reddit. Okay, me, so. that's cool. I'll, I'll I'll throw it to Dean. So um, I'm just yeah, and you can this mm. first of all, I just have to immediately shout them out. Uh, user Goofy Dos, um, the Mads uh, fan art by Claudia Gironi. That's that that's box art worthy. That's beautiful. Mm. You know, with Mads, you know, giving his as I call it, blissed out face of just like you know maybe complete cosmic connection with like his you know the people like the creatures the entities that i'm sure have like either made some kind of accord with him or infected him or whatever like he's just making that communion there um there's a bit of activity with that photo from the alien wayland yutani report book um you know with the, the baby and the egg um have you noticed that mm -hmm. one dean yeah, I actually posted one of them. Just I don't even know where this is from because I, I wasn't sure if it's from aliens or anywhere else. So yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I, is it the, like the old old aliens or the new ones? Oh, I, I mean, think... it's not Prometheus. Yeah. It's, it's the old ones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't watched that, so can't really comment on it. Yeah. Oh, so you can't watch the which alien movie? I haven't watched the you know yeah. the old ones. Oh yeah, the good yeah. ones. <laughs> yeah, you need to. I think I think the very first Alien Dean is is seminal. It's uh, extremely formative mm. to um to so much, and you can even you can tie it directly into uh into um you know Metal Gear and, and Kojima like he's, he's expressed that being one of his one of his top films in like Ridley Scott's Ridley Scott's um you know directorial kind of um you know like his aspects to how he sort of makes films that's that's definitely reflected in in um in kojima and it's one of you know blade runner one of his favorite films so would highly recommend it and um yeah there's some shared dna buddy with uh with um uh you know change like two or three things around with the third trailer and that's an alien scene you know that's a scene from an mm. alien like and you can see the prometheus um vibes there with that third trailer as well yeah that, that, and, that. Sure. Definitely. Then I have um, I sort of uh, riffed with them a bit on Instagram. User Buzzu two um, 
two Zs and three Os. Um, got inspired by last night. Uh, got inspired last night and made a drawing for you guys. A super beautiful classic minimalist um, picture of the child, which I've just yeah. called, I'm just calling him the child. So the um, clairvoyant um, intuition baby that can see into the other world. So. Um, I love that symbolism there again, you know, with children, how they, we sort of ascribe this quality to them of like, oh, still being in touch with the world of imagination and being able to see things that adults can't. Um, yeah, that's definitely all over that for sure. Um, and then just tying off my own little reading is I think the main thing that came off of the Reddit was, uh, and Yong actually rec recognized it himself, Yong yeah, in that video on the DualShock uh, and the texture being, you know, that I just can, it, it has to be, if, if, it, if not, then Kojima, I think, absolutely should Im implement this if that was a coincidence of design, like to be able to, for example, Dean, say you're playing Death Stranding right now, and you want to get the baby's attention, and you just tap gently, like that's what you would do, with, mm. you know, you would just, <laughs> and then you see Sam's hand, like, go to the child and, like, tap the thing gently and maybe the child maybe like acknowledges you and talks with you through the who knows maybe there's more to the child than just the um the shoulder rig but um what do you think of that um dean yeah i mean i think it's it's a real possibility and and yeah, like i said uh, the fourth fall break I, I would liked it but not in a tomb like it's the whole plot you know yeah. like that this other dimension is actually our dimension because we are i don't know ludens or something i wouldn't like that but still and this little these little pieces like it i i like those stuff for mm -hmm. so for sure i i think it's connected yeah i mean it's a pc for exclusive it's just too similar in my opinion that it has no connection right absolutely what do you think um steve of the incorporation potential incorporation of the um the dualshock that sort of central pad to the controller like being able to use that uh, in an intuitive way either maybe for the child or even something different you know instead of it just being sort of another sub menu um actually i i can see that i can see that happening i, I actually see it as a maybe it's going to be like in the phantom pain how you use the the idroid where yeah. you go to a pass menu and maybe you use you you see like part of the baby pod and you can move your controller or something or do something with the with a pad and the baby reacts to it. Uh, I don't see it being like a huge mechanic, uh, but something like that, something like uh, to play around in the pause menu. Mm. Yes, that's right. Absolutely. Um, I just this jumped out at me, guys. So use a half worm, half worm. Blood is acting like oil igniting in the newest trailer. So they just mentioned. Sorry for reposting this. If it didn't receive any attention last time, and I really think this holds significance. Notice Sam's butt blood burns against the sand like oil. Um, you know, Young has interpretation of this, which was really, uh, yeah, super concise. And you definitely check out his video for that one. But this is um, yeah, use a half worm, saying, remember how Mad's tubes burned similarly when they came out of the skeleton soldiers. They they release the same red embers. Maybe his tubes supply blood or fuel to his skeleton soldiers. Maybe in Death Stranding, blood acts sort of like a fuel or an oil, and it ignites and burns. If some if someone else has already made a post about this, um, I'll take this down. So you super self-effacing halfworm. No, I don't think they have. And we have the first comment. I'll read it. Is um, use a Sally for one six. It's not that exactly. The blood only burns when the entity makes contact with it. You'll also notice that the smoke only rising only rises from where the handprint makes contact with the blood trail and not the entire trail. So what did you think of that? Like that the we could be using our own like blood, so to speak. Um, you know, like it's implied like a, a connection isn't just a connection, like just between strands, like umbilical implies nutrients. It implies something going from one creature to the other that one depends on the other. So 
what I just want to do a quick little roundtable of that. What did you think, um, Steve, of that idea? Uh, well, I don't know about a lot. I, I the first thing I thought when I saw the trailer was that um, I always I always imagined that maybe the, the the people in this in this game are kind of uh, artificial beings. Yeah. Uh, just because, for example, yeah, uh, Sam doesn't have like a like a belly button, so um, yeah. maybe they're artificial beings, sort of, and they have like a different kind of blood or something. Mm. Um, but uh, I don't, I don't know how you're gonna use if you're gonna use your blood or something. Maybe maybe if you're wounded, yeah. uh, you're gonna be easy to find or something. I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I I haven't put much thought to it. That's cool. Um, how about you, uh, Dean? Uh, thanks for that, Steve. Go ahead, Dean. Yeah, I mean, his guess is just as good as mine. I have no idea, but it sounds. I I think it's unlikely that I don't know it would be used like some kind of you know. Mechanic or some Change. kind of okay, art, so. but yeah, I, I I think it's unlikely, but it certainly is yeah, good good to talk about this stuff and yeah. yeah. If anything, just for the idea of like the connection being mm. more than just a chord, um, because it is creepy. Yeah, I, I got to say, it is kind of creepy. Well, you know, you using your blood for I don't know fueling those trends or yeah. something. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I need to be educated a bit more further on, like, I mean, as far as I know, I mean, I just have this broad term. It's very ignorant of me that just nutrients, really, like that's what I know umbilical cords to be, you know, a, a conduit for, um, you know, for the unborn child to receive nutrients through the mother uh, or via the mother, rather. Um, so I wonder with this child who clearly isn't a natural, you know, child, at least as far as we see, you know, that they're, um, you know, yeah, there's a lot of imagery to be broken down and, and um, sort of interpreted in that way. So I might read up a bit on pregnancy and uh, my internet history will show and like Ray will be like, well, you're thinking of children? I'm like, whoa, I'm just researching for the podcast. But, you know, <laughs> maybe, maybe one day, maybe one day. Um, we have user Doug to death who says death stranding may be about being stuck in a death loop stranded between life and death. Um, just watch Yongye's exhaustive theory video and it got me thinking about an hour in. Death Stranding may be a literal title. We know that Sam doesn't die, much like Bloodborne or the Soul series. Death is just another mechanic rather than the end of their story. I think that the Lovecraftian horrors aren't technically killing you, instead they are causing victims to be trapped in a loop where they cannot die per se, maybe to siphon energy from them, as, as I sort of think. That's me editorializing. Bridges' corpse disposal team doesn't bury corpses, rather they perform some kind of preparation or ritual or treatment on the bodies to prevent them from being stuck in a loop. How so? In trailer 3, when the Lovecraftian horrors appear, the corpses that fell out of the truck sprang back to life, attempting to... Oh, that's a... Sorry, but that's amazing. Imagine if there's more corpses and they sprang back to life. Like, I never saw that. I never interpreted it that way, that there would be more than one corpse. You know, I mean, we saw like there was someone who's like, "Oh, that rock is a corpse." It's like, no, that doesn't have to necessarily be the case. It can, <laughs> it can be that they, that there were more of them. So, and also, I don't think they would have an entire truck for just one corpse. If I really think about that logically, what do you guys think? I mean, it's pretty big cor uh, corpse, so it it could be. Yeah. Because true. it's it's longer than than regular human. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, absolutely. Um. So yeah, and and I'll just continue. So in trailer three, when the Lovecraftian, because I want to get your um, round table on this guys the corpses fell out of the truck spring back to life attempting to writhe out of the mummified confines uh, indicating that the victim inside is fucked and trapped in a death loop or stranded i think sam cdt team goes around the world and prepares bodies to prevent them from becoming affected by the lovecraftian horrors giving them a proper burial which is beautiful because there's that real world aspect of belief systems that believe if, if something is if, if a um a being isn't um 
attended to and prepared in the proper way that they do live on and and go on and just stay in this realm as as spirits so it's a sort of a sci-fi extrapolation of that di idea you know with the um that concept of the restless dead uh, without ritual preparation um but taken you know and given the science fiction horror veneer uh, and very existential veneer I, I would find you know it's that's death stranding's dna to a t existential existentialism horror you know and um and you know taking that inspiration that sort of dream imagery so yeah um so and then continues it says i would imagine a part of the game involves collecting and preparing corpses to prevent them from being looped and becoming part of the undead army of that the, of horrors that, that used to hunt down the living maz has his zombie soldiers and those are poor dudes trapped in a death loop unable to die not only that i think that those soldiers have been used like that's why their flesh is melted away it's because they've been like puppets for a while um you know maybe his trusted elite team that's kind of you know it's implied that oh well you know if he's using these five uh, soldiers regularly they're probably like ones that he's used for a long time so that's why their flesh is melted away i don't know um and yeah so it's, um and then it continues and finishes i would bet that the plot involves the protagonist trying to give back the gift of death to a world in which no one can truly die anymore so a beautiful stinger there. That's the that's an ending of a film, right there. Um, dug to death. I use a dug to death. Uh, you know, and then even beyond that, like a, just a beautifully and cogently phrased um, th um, theory, definitely. So I would love to um, do a little roundtable on that real quickly because that's that's my Reddit readout personally, and I'd love to get your Reddit readouts as well. Um, uh, Dean, what did you think of uh, um, use a dug to death's theory? Uh, I think that it's it's not again really likely and i wouldn't even like it if if you know uh no one can die and yeah. it's it's like that overall or every single time someone it just can they just can die i don't think so mm -hmm. uh, maybe it, it would be interesting if enemies couldn't die and maybe you had to do this because of enemies and you you know have to deal with their corpses i mean it it, it will it will you know add this tension and even if you maybe beat them but they could still arrive like like the, something like the vamp in mgs4 or mgs what is it mgs2 no you you only had to beat him right you, you he didn't revive but yeah. mgs4 you know you beat him but then he revived so yeah that's definitely a mechanic i would i would like maybe for enemies but yeah young young did mention it you know that the guy is uh, cutting cells in, in the belly and he didn't die but maybe that that's just because of you know the cripple yeah. effect of dimensions or, or he, he was simply you know i don't know pretty <laughs> i don't know he doesn't know how to cut really well yeah. <laughs> but didn't you take, I, I wouldn't didn't like you take your stabbing lessons man come on didn't you pay yeah, attention in stabbing class <laughs> yeah yeah but uh, i i don't think it's it's you know all the time and all the people it's it's kind of far-fetched for me for sure i mean where are all the yeah i i Again, again, I, I just the, the, there are so many possibilities, and I just can't say anything for sure because if if you look this conversation two years after, I will probably look like a dumbass if I say something. It's it's not for sure like that. I mean, yeah, it could be. I have no idea. Hashtag Dean hates Death Stranding. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, no, I, I appreciate that, man, and and that is important, you know, to 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 realize like if death had that relationship, then unless he was so frightened and so desperate that he tried to, you know, just kill himself, even though he maybe knew that, that like he can't die properly. Like he's, he's 
absolutely fucked in every sense like whether this you know um theory you know definitely like it, it's it's proven to to be to, to be true or, or close to the truth it, however way you look at that scene with bob it's just pure pity like i hadn't felt that way i just you know i'm pretty jaded like i i i sort of in many ways when you once you've seen like a whole bunch of films like and i continue to see them but it's just this sense of i don't know it's adult adulthood jadedness like i get that feeling of oh, i've seen it all and then i feel desensitized but like they're literally not since the jurassic park intro which gave me many nightmares of that team you know it's a very similar thing of a team being where one person is devoured uh, against obviously against as well obviously as 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 i'm sure is probably the case of most people being devoured um the you know the raptor that scene of that worker just being dragged away it's just like i got that same feeling of like ooh, like the, the, the shivers of like oh poor fucking poor fuck like what a poor guy you know like that sucks you know um so i, I just wanted to yeah like so wow i you know kojima coming out of nowhere is like, oh by the way this childhood like portal of like jadedness i'm just gonna burst that door open again so now you're actually just as affected and terrified of this um listeners i'll feel this to you right away um i'm gonna be making a post actually maybe a poll or something i want to hear your fucked up death stranding dreams and read them out on the next next episode if you guys if anyone of the listeners has has had a crazy death stranding-esque or inspired dream i want to hear that for sure um but yeah dean thank you for your thoughts on that and um and steve what were your thoughts on on his theory or his or her or they, their theory. Uh, well, with with Kojima, anything can happen. I mean, I I also I agree with Dean when he says that I don't think um, that every, that no one can die. Uh, I believe this is only the case with uh, with either Sam or people like Sam. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm thinking that for example, the the guys who have this this porter suit have this special ability that Kojima was referring when where you die and you go to this kind of limbo place, this underwater limbo place that is like a safe haven. Yeah. Um, so I, I actually believe that, for example, the guys from the from the corpse disposal team can die. That's the reason why the guy was stabbing himself. Yeah. Um, this this thing that were, were for example, I mean, the, the fact that um, Sam cannot die explains a lot about how about why he behaves the way he behaves in the, in the trailer, mm. and um, and well, I, I, I actually I was I was actually thinking that, uh, and I've mentioned this before that uh, whatever these creatures uh, do to humans is is uh, is actually worse than death. Maybe these are sort of some more evolved form of life where you have no like individuality. You're just this. Uh, race of, uh, of of things that just consume or something like that. Mm. So uh, you don't want to be part of that. You don't want to maybe get turned into one of the undead uh, soldiers that we see in the second trailer. So uh, I actually think it's more about that uh, survival against uh, this opposition of of Lovecraftian horrors of uh, sure unknown creatures that that I mean. You don't want to turn into them. You don't yeah. want to. You don't want to be manipulated and turn into this into Absolutely. this monster. So you, 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 you actually 
um, prefer death over this. Yeah, I mean, I, I I immediately had a metaphorical riff there. It's like you know this fear of of the unknown, and what happens is when you give into that, the unknown overtakes you and 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 owns you, and then yeah. sort of yeah overcomes you. And so what I've found in my life, at least, um, is that if you run away from fear, it it catches up to you, and and you can't really run from it. But if you embrace it, which it seems like Sam is doing, um, and he, you survive through fear, you know. And so fear isn't yep. it's, it's, it's the ultimate thing with fear is that it's not about pushing it away and it being a bad thing. It's about recognizing it as a natural thing that is a natural response and that you can harness it and channel it and come to the truth that sort of every behind every fear, there's a truth, you know, and um, yep. uh, and it, it and it's obviously a, a mixture of an objective and subjective truth. Um, and, you know, Lovecraft definitely explored this as well. Um, a lot of his characters obviously go mad, which is because, you know, he himself, you know, Lovecraft, he, you know, it's, yeah, that's a whole story there. I'm sure a lot of our audience know about him, but needless to say, uh, Howard Phillips Lovecraft um, was not a happy man throughout his life. He experienced a lot of hardship and, and that can't help to have bled into his works. But um, that's my central thesis on, 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 on fear, which we'll explore in, in the main in the main topic, but that it's about less about running away from it and more about um, acknowledging it and uh, yeah, channeling it into uh, um, you know positive um, positive outlets. Uh, and and Bob was not in that mode. Bob was terrified and 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 rightly so. And it's just a it was just a bad day for Bob. I think Death Stranding's new title should be a bad day for Bob. It should just be that's it. Like the, the, I want the bad day for Bob special edition of Death Stranding. You know, I, I wanted to mention, because you, you were talking about dreaming before, and yeah. I actually had at least two Death Stranding dreams. Whoa, okay. <laughs> it, yeah, it, and you know, when, when you have your subconscious so full of this shit, so full of yeah. this information, so full of Kojima, yeah. it just, uh, you know, it just, it, it has to happen. All right, I have to, happen. before you go into it, I need to, to cut away to some dream music right here, <laughs> right here. Okay, now you can go go into it, buddy. No man, but but I I barely remember them. I I I know the one was like, I know the game was very linear, and it reminded me a lot about um, with Resident Evil, like something like that. Resident Evil, but a lot darker. Yeah. It was also very artsy, and I I, I just I just remember that feeling, that feeling of oh my god, I'm playing this, I'm playing, you I know, know. <laughs> it's just this feeling that is crazy, yeah. Awesome. And and the other and the other one was um, it it wasn't really about the story or the plot. It was more about how what mechanic will will Kojima use. And I I know I I, I figured it out. I mean I, I, later I talked about it with friends and um, it, it's about you know you, you will have your bodies, but these bodies will also be playable by other humans, and they will have characters in game character in game. Yeah. So that that. It, it maybe even wasn't about the game, but Kojima like presented it in my dream. Presented wow. that new mechanic, yeah, something <laughs> like. That. But I, I'm sure I'm, sh I'm sure there were a lot more dreams, but, but I just can't remember them. Yeah, because you know, yeah, because I should, I should I should write yeah I should write that stuff uh, when when I wake up. For yeah, sure. I I try to I I actually think of that scene from Inception where. It, it's weird it, it was this crazy thing that you have to you know how it's just like remember like try really hard and i never thought i sort of you know like mm. laughed that off and i was like oh get out of here once a dream is gone it's gone but it's this is spooky when you actually have a dream and you don't remember it, if you sit down and actually try to remember it you eventually will which is mm. fucking intriguing to me at least you'll remember some details you know so yeah no that's really interesting for sure um see and have you had any weird kind of death rounding-esque <laughs> dreams at all 
Well, actually, not in regards uh, to Death Stranding, but uh, I remember uh, having a dream that was basically the same thing as PT. Mm-hmm. Uh, that goes to show how how amazingly effective that that fucking demo is. It's <laughs> like one of the greatest is one of the greatest horror things ever done. Yeah. Um, after like weeks, maybe even like months after after I played the, that that demo. I, I had a I, I had a fucking nightmare that was basically the same thing as that. Fuck. I was like in a fucking Shit. I was like in a in a in a loop in this fucking horrible house. It, it wasn't the same house as the game, but it was like a horrible house, and I just um, couldn't couldn't leave. I couldn't leave the place, and it was uh, I, I I actually remember that that nightmare quite quite vividly, and and yeah, I, I mean kudos to everyone who played it, who who made PT because that goes to show how how fucking effective that. That demo was oh big time. Do, 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 do you remember any specifics, like any scares or something like that? Uh, <laughs> man, it was, it was yeah, it was like it was actually also kind of Lovecraftian in the sense that uh, like uh, there were creatures after every after every door, small creatures mm-hmm. that I couldn't understand. Mm-hmm. I couldn't really understand the, the fucking thing. I, I just remember it was very scary, you know, mm-hmm. and trying to leave and. Uh, it was it it, it it comes to the point where you where where I kind of I, I kind of accepted that I couldn't leave this place, so I I started getting like used to the 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 the, the, the fear of just being in that state of fear permanently. Yeah. It was fucking awful. <laughs> oh, I fucking I fucking hate that. Like when you're like, and I get upset. Like it's weird. It's weirdly, weirdly upsetting. Like it's weirdly feel like I wake up from a dream or a nightmare rather where it just feels like i've been punished like i just like i i haven't had this sort of intensive a dream for a while but for me it's like when i like i just feel trapped in a dream like usually dreams like they leave and you wake up and that's fine but when i feel get to the point of in a nightmare for example but again that's you know subconscious like it's it had it has reasons it always has reasons for portraying what we uh, not only what we see but how long it keeps us in the dream and, and how we feel in it um i just hate that feeling of just being unable to escape and that's probably why these fears um you know i mean from the ocean like we're not uh, evolutionarily suited to swimming there's that fear of being trapped um then you have you know uh the limbo you know that fear of being between places because and then also the fear like this is why silence is often given this we often fill our fill silence with our own insecurities and the ocean is silence you know um, there's obviously whale calls and everything, but in many ways, there's, it's deep down there. It's just quiet, you know. And and uh, say for example, you had an argument with your friend, and you guys are not talking. Especially if the period of time of not talking with each other is extended, um, each person starts to create stories about the other in their heads, and a lot mm-hmm. of projection happens, and and a lot of um, judgment and a lot of uh, fear, obviously, is is built on. So. Um, I, f- I find that that's really really like that dreams and also dreams like they fill it's a it's a it's a place like you know in 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 sleep we are silent and in that silence you know what like it'll it'll it will be filled with with what comes you know and uh, you know in dreams what what may come you know like uh it's 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 really really fascinating stuff and and again this is so inherently part of the discussion of death stranding that 
to the point that you know you were saying we were saying about being stuck between realms you know with uh with death stranding with um the theory before uh and then you know pt as you said steve you know that's has a similar thing of limbo so i think it plays on that huge fear of being stuck you know just tell me once like give me either yes or no like don't give me silence indifference is is the is is the worst you know, uh, liminal states of unless unless you've made complete peace with uncertainty um, and and made peace with fear, you can you can be stuck in a kind of hell. And I think um, both in PT um, and in uh, Death Stranding and also in life, like if you don't make that peace with with the unknown, then then you're going to be living in a personal hell for your whole life. You know, so and I think um, we'll see that reflected in Death Stranding for sure. So, yeah, yeah. gosh. Um, this is why I wanted to have this episode, guys, because you guys are giving me all these really intriguing stories, and and I want to hear. I mean, we've got some of the, some of the comments under the pre-recording post as well, but just want to say like thanks for sharing that, guys. Like it's you know sharing dreams. It's like a bit of a personal thing. So, but I want to say that both to um, uh, Dean and Steve right now. Thanks for sharing that, guys. Um, for sure. So um, we've done a bit of our Reddit readout. So I kind of you know I sort of sort of came naturally like i read one of them out any uh, reddit posts that you guys want to read out yourselves um that sort of jumped out at you or you can name it and i can read it out for you if you like i mean the, there's the you know dan kruger one okay. which i really like you, you know about the yes. the girlfriend the post girlfriend from norman readers yeah that 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 it speculated i think is it proven that they're together or, or not i, I think there was some paparazzi that uh, they were kissing or something, and you know, okay. it's not really confirmed. I think, yeah. Well, cactus just uh, you know, he, he posted. And, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, it's it's a long theory. I mean, if you want to read it, all, I you will probably do a better job than I. But <laughs> it's it's a really really you know evidence based theory, and it's not confirmed or anything like that. But okay. in my opinion, it it will be even better than Emma Stone. She she looks kind of like her, but she certainly will be cheaper. And, you know, if she has that, you know, connection with Norman already because they know yeah. each other or something, it would be a cool yeah. cool to see that dynamic. Yeah. For me, salaries are so arbitrary. Like, I know actors who are, quote-unquote, like, cheaper, who are just phenomenally mm. better than a lot of their, like, higher-paid counterparts. And Diane, uh, Ms. Kruger, she... she like like blew me away in, in so many of her roles and i think uh, i think the first one i saw her in was uh troy with as um helen of troy you know and um yep. she's got a great presence mm -hmm. definitely so I, I i would definitely um like to you know like like to think that i mean you know what it'll it'll she'll be who she'll be we definitely know this will be a female protagonist but in the in the reality where she is in this title i love that and i hope that is our reality um um, down the line for sure uh and and she's um you know, actually um actually a few days ago i was watching a, a movie with her that kind of remind me reminded me a, a bit of just trending a movie called mr nobody with uh Jared ah, Leto. okay and uh it's it's basically a movie about like uh the life of a person in in like uh, various uh, told in various different uh dimensions or possibilities um and uh it's 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 very walky it's, it's very um it's very it's a very strange uh existential science science fiction kind of movie but uh yeah um uh, but yeah, yeah she was great in it and uh <laughs> i kind of i kind of remember this trend because of it awesome and i'm just looking at her filmography here so in the fade um you know this is Katya's life falls apart in the blink of an eye when two neo-Nazis kill her husband and a six-year-old son is in a bomb attack. Uh, her quest for justice soon pushes her to the edge of 
the two suspects stand trial for murder. So, I mean, and I just, obviously when we think about, like for me, Norman's work in um, Walking Dead is my go-to when I think of, oh, what, what may we see possibly from this character? It's just something that I, like I go to for that. Um, uh, and maybe some some of his work with the, uh, the, the film with uh, William Defoe, name is escaping me. Ah, yes, uh, the Boondock Saints, you know? So when I think of, oh, and I just like to, what I go, what I call mind's eye cinema, which is, you know, you watch the film and then you sort of do a little bit of like imagining of what their portrayals may be. So it's like, oh, I've, I've found a portrayal of theirs that kind of gives me the impression that something maybe similar to this might be in, in Death Stranding. And just look, you can just see any posters from In the Fade. Um, I mean, there's a shot even that I might post to um uh you know to, to to our skype group um to show you the range that she has i mean there's there's a shot here where she just looks like 20 years older and like really stressed out and and who knows like again i really respect when actors especially beautiful actresses like um uh, uh miss kruger that she like that they are, are, aren't afraid to just like yeah just like go go all out with like different appearances like really flex their acting muscles in, in all respects because that like prioritizing the craft and artistic integrity is, is I, I resonate a lot with that, you know, regardless of appearance or gender or whatever. So, and um, it seems like she's definitely, um, uh, that's definitely something she has embraced and that she's um, proficient at definitely. So yeah, I'd love that. Um, I really would. The theory is very long. Um, I really, really, are we going to actually um, be speaking about one of your other comments, uh, Cactus Juice Addict. So uh, needless to say, we'd like to refer our listeners to that post. It was post six, six days ago, uh, very extensively done hyperlinked so again even the process of like hyperlinking something it's you know it's uh, copy pasting especially if you're on mobile like he's got at least you know 10 or so um, hyperlinks here so he's and very extensive so the effort we'd like to recognize that here on the show definitely yeah. awesome so we are currently as a little bit of a sort of time check we are uh, one one and one and 20 in um, in about 30 minutes I'm probably gonna have to literally just sprint to work so um, the thing is, what's great is that we've we've dotted in our thoughts about thalassophobia all throughout. So we've kind of, again, you know, we have these ingredients in front of us, which are these segments, but I also feel like we blend them all together. And that's kind of, we you know make, do that mixture, bake it, which is editing, and then each week it's like a Death Stranding cake for, you know, for our uh, for our listeners. Instead of it being like course, like a, a series of courses, I think we sort of bake everything in all together. What do you think, guys, in terms of food metaphors for our show? <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty good one. <laughs> that's right but um no so we did a bit of reading out there so uh then we have our supporter shout outs um at the moment we have our state i just call them the, the glorious five like there are our five you know in the uh death stranding uh trailer the five floating figures we have five floating pe flo floating patrons you know who's uh who are um helping us uh grow the show you know at uh, various different tiers per week leading the pack is uh um uh, we have uh, Steve, uh, our, our other Steve. We have host Steve, then we have producer Steve, and then we have uh, Dragon's Mana, um, who is, yeah, like we're going to, oh, by the way, little teaser for listeners who um, enjoy interactive artistry, our next episode will be about Monster Hunter World. So, and we're going to have Phil on that. Um, uh, so it'll be, we're going to make everything happen to make that happen because he's uh, one of our uh, prominent um, supporters and always sort of liking the posts and sharing it so really really respect what he does there so mini shout out to so no new shout outs but um we definitely want to recognize that for sure so and then technically here here's our main episode main topic of the episodes though for this i really want to read cactus juice addicts um he he wrote 
um, to us in the pre-recording post. And I just want to just again acknowledge um, folks who have uh, you know jumped on there to write. So he starts with whoop whoop. So ready for the new episode. For a second, I thought you were talking about Limbo, played Ed's video game, which we discussed earlier. As now I'm thinking about that, have you played it? But more importantly, have you played Inside? You know, uh, Death Stranding is somewhat similar to that, as said by Kojima. I really enjoyed the game, and if you haven't played it, I really recommend you do, etc. Random thought. I know you don't upload YouTube videos playing games, but just a random thought I had was that it could be awesome to see you play that game. Absolutely. We're, we're looking at... Um, and Dean, by the way, do you stream, uh, Steve, and do you guys stream um, video? Uh, no man because oh, really? like i said i have 30 kilobytes of oh, upload so that's all good that's that's, cool. that's terrible but yeah it's fine well you come through well <laughs> on the recording but yeah for, for i guess for streaming definitely yeah definitely for yeah. streaming you're right um that's all good um how about you steve nope i don't uh but do you have the capacity to <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think so, yeah. Yeah, well, um, I just created a Twitch channel, um, twitch.tv forward slash interactive artistry, so I'll just hand that to you. <laughs> just, uh, I'll see what I can do. And just, just like, yeah, there you go. This is me allocating, uh, you know, duties. Uh, no, there's no, oh my God, it's literally not anything like that. But um, yeah, if you want us to do anything like that. What is this? Using this job terminology. I don't, I don't think I'll ever use that with interactive artistry. It just, it doesn't feel like work. So it shouldn't feel like work for you guys and um, at all, you know, any of us. So, but anyway. Anyway, um, so he says, anyway, haha, after playing it, I really felt like I had the same vibe as Death Stranding um, and can totally see what Kojima meant. So to the point, I think your theory is great. Since for as far as we know, tardigrades can actually survive space, Kojima might have added this, um, added to this in that the Death Stranding universe, uh, they can somewhat traverse the death realm as well. As for heads as hands and hands as strands, I have a theory about the giant hand's head based on nothing. My theory observation is that it somewhat looks like holding a controller. But when you take away the controller and close your hands, it looks just like the creature's head, if that makes sense. Maybe this will be used as a way to break the fourth wall even more. Who knows? Just a random theory. I like that. Um, questions, suggestions for the podcast? Uh, oh, yeah, well, that's very kind of you. Look at us asking about... Oh, and by the way, I hadn't seen this yet, and literally we covered everything he talked about in in sequence, too. We went from inside to talking about Diane Kruger, so, like mm -hmm. again, like minds, you know? Um made a post a couple of days about it so I, and again we really recommend you read that listeners very awesome um you know do you think she'd be a better choice we we certainly have um see uh, we certainly have dean's uh, opinion which is this uh, your team kruger i believe uh, uh dean <laughs> sure, <laughs> yeah. instead of team and what about you uh um uh, steve uh, team kruger or team stone uh, I neither. I'm actually Team uh, Gillian Anderson. Yes. Which, uh, okay. Um, if you can choose Gillian, I'm choosing Gillian too. too. <laughs> you, hear, you hear that, Gillian? We. Uh, I mean, I, yeah. I think I think the, the the only thing to to that theory, the um, the Diane Kruger one, is is basically uh, yeah, she's she's Norman Reedus' girlfriend. So yeah. Yeah. How yeah. about um, that? But uh, but yeah, I I I don't see her. I mean. I don't see her uh, being in this trending. I actually, um, I actually think Kojima has contacted uh, Gillian Anderson and uh, what's was the name of the other uh, the other actress uh, in Falls? Uh, uh, um, oh gosh. Her well, name is uh, yeah, another actress uh, he loves uh, the the actress from the Bionic Woman. Oh yeah, and uh, right, right, right. and uh, I mean he, uh, I can tell he's a huge fan of both the Bionic Woman and uh, an X Files, so. Maybe he contacted uh, these actresses, and, and I don't know. But I, I, I still don't feel I, I, I still want I still wonder why, why, 
That's her name. Lindsay, Lindsay, Lindsay yeah. Wagner. That's her. Yeah. And um, I, I, I still think there is something of a point to there are no women in this world, mm. uh, and everything is like artificial and and stuff like that. Maybe there is a point to it. Mm. Uh, I also expected it to be like a like a female protagonist, but after the third trailer, I'm not so sure. Mm. Interesting, interesting. Oh, little little sub note. I just discovered um, she's an activist for a hearing loss, which is really cool. So shout out to Miss Diane Kruger for just being awesome. That's really interesting. Um, Cactus Juice Addict. Um, so my thoughts personally, actually, I want to throw it to Dean. I always, you know, I like to kind of go last. It's just my thing. I, I, I tend to sort of have my hosting habits. So um, um, what did you think of what Steve said, uh, Dean? About Diane Kruger or... Uh, no, no, about, um, so we were just reading Cactus Use Addict's uh, comment about, uh, about, yeah, 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 you know, um, on the, uh, you know, well, that, that random thought that he had about, um, uh, yeah, uh, Steve, why don't you go for it? You ask, you ask Dean. <laughs> I know that uh, maybe, maybe there are no, um, maybe there is a point of not having any women in this, in this, in this place, maybe. I see, I mean, I see this world as this possible, horrible post-apocalyptic world where uh i mean it's kind of similar to the situation of for example the children of men mm. where mm. i mean that 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 world is horrible because uh i mean people can't have children anymore right that is the, the it was there, there there wasn't a bomb or a catastrophe of like natural catastrophe or anything the the, the catastrophe there was that people couldn't have children mm. and um and like i said before maybe people in this world are artificial because maybe there are no women or something like that. Or maybe something happened where, where, yeah. uh, I mean, babies simply can, can exist in this world. I mean, I don't know, something like that. Maybe the, 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 the arrival of these creatures, these of crafting extraterrestrial creatures caused the world to, to turn upside down. So, so, yeah. uh, yeah, something like that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, we, we talked about something similar before. I, I I surely agree and would really love if, you know, the game had some kind of motherhood message. Mm -hmm. Because in today's society, and especially this is maybe crucial or very topical for Japan, because you know that they're nat nat natali. Eh. And now I know how the to birth, say it in Croatian. Birth, 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 birth rate. rate. Yeah, yeah, birth rate. Birth rate. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the birth rate. Weren't really great. Uh, are not really great, so I don't know if that's something to do with it. Incidentally, but Dean, how do you say birth rates in Croatian? Because I want to learn that word. Oh, natalitet. I would say natalitet. Natalitet. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. But it's like it's like statistics. I don't know. It's it's a word that is pretty. Yeah. Like describes all of that stuff. So yeah. But um, yeah, I think because in today's society overall, I think that you know motherhood and. Uh, it's kind of interpreted like it's something that it's not really important and you know like women can go and uh, do any kind of other job and a motherhood and it, it kind of you know motherhood is kind of like thing you know you can send kids to school you can send them to kindergarten and stuff like that but i think uh, it's better for a child and i i did my you know research on this a lot because it's really an interesting topic for me mm. uh, Motherhood, when you know, when the kid is really with with mother for I don't know, first seven years, it, it really makes a difference because that that's where where child when child is really progressing and his brain, her brain is really you know advancing and stuff. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it would be great if Kojima if Kojima message of the game would be kind of you know like 
take care of your children take care and of your children. you know yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. raise well, the them. With, uh, you know, the, the the thing with women is that the, the the things related to women and motherhood in these trailers have been either artificial things like the artificial wombs and cords and everything, or they mm -hmm. have been kind of monstrous uh, in the sense that, I mean, people have pointed out that uh, some of these some of these creatures uh, look like women. Yeah, uh, and, uh, but but they are but they are well they're they're these monstrous shadow things. Yeah, you know but that goes so, back to what uh, I was saying at the top of the show about that uh, you know uh, historical kind of uh, uh, projection uh, that we've had and ascribing this fear of the unknown to, to women and then obviously as I mentioned in the topic suggest in the in the in the pre-recording post is a womb the concept of the womb which is water like my water broke like that's the women and water are tied in very closely to each other you know and blood you know which is mostly water so and we're made of and we're made of um, you know water as well and so there's there's this definite 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 intrinsic link between women and water and um and yeah i just wanted to add that to your point steve go ahead and uh and yeah so i think i think there is a point to to this to this uh to, to these visuals i mean like also the the the, the, the colossus thing has like a an umbilical cord and and yeah so so something something weird is happening to yeah. to to the to the woman to the mother figure in in, in this world yeah. Uh, yeah which which has been i mean like i said it has been revealed in only in visuals not in like yeah. exposition which is nice mm -hmm. yeah yeah i agree um, so, Steve, I want to see from you um, on by next episode a thesis entitled "The Artificial, <laughs> the Artificial and the Monstrous: The Portrayal of Women in Death Stranding." Can I can I request that from you? <laughs> at least at least I ten pages. <laughs> at least ten pages, uh, and I'll be grading. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> you know, and uh, you know, because we have to think about uh, your your passing grade. I'm kidding. What the fuck? As if. Um, not only that, but I think uh, Steve, you would athlete nail any kind of presentation or thesis on this sort of stuff i think again and i'm being serious here both for yourself and dean like intrinsic understanding of this material and um really really great but yeah um i expect that on my desk um uh, in a week is that okay <laughs> sure <laughs> sure <laughs> by the way i'm gonna do an impression of steve now oh yes uh, because um <laughs> oh you know that's uh, how i uh, say uh, that's how i feel about this there you go that's my steve impression <laughs> And then for my it's really bad, I guess it's really bad. And then for for Dean is like, uh, you know, I think that is a very interesting point you make uh, about uh, the stranding, and uh, I love the uh, talking about how much I hate uh, Phantom Pain. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Wait, I'm kidding. I know you love Phantom that Pain. That is Dean's reputation in this podcast. <laughs> oh my god, I am so kidding. Also, listeners, seriously, like it, none of that. Like we just have fun. It's it's just great. And the thing is, you love something when you are able to talk about it the way that Dean talks about Phantom Pain. But uh, did I did I have we just stopped being friends, Dean, because of my impression? Yeah, I'm gonna leave now. Oh Sorry. fuck! <laughs> I actually made a good friend in life. Uh, you know, I've made friends with all these awesome kindred people, and now I'm just gonna lose them one by one. Um, but no, that's awesome, dude, for sure. And uh, uh, rest in peace, earphone users, because I just couldn't help it. I was like, ah, very good. So birth rate in Italian is tasso di natalità. So. Oh, in Croatian. Uh -huh, okay, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Oh no, in Italian, yeah. In Croatian, yeah, you yeah. mentioned earlier. And um, Steve, did you speak another language by any chance? Yeah, Spanish. Spanish. And so what is birth rate in Spanish? 
Uh, it's very similar, actually. It's Natalidad. Dantali Natalidad. So there's been your little kind of uh, trivia of uh, language trivia, uh, listeners. Um, uh, now we, we all know how to say um, the word birth rate, which is completely useless in common conversation. We have here another thing, which I love about Cactus Juice Addict in this comment. He's actually, within his comment, he's shouting out other people's comments like a fucking generous AF mother buzzer. I love this guy. Um, oh, sorry for that snizzle, everyone. I'll have to cut that out. Um, and he recommends this theory called the hourglass theory, uh, which was posted. He links us straight to use a Mojave hot wax. The hourglass. Something in the time fall made me think of the sands of time. And it got me thinking of how a wormhole is expressed in a diagram form, typically in a shape like an hourglass. Then I thought of the moment when gravity seemed upturned, as if the hourglass was turned over. To see a world in a grain of sand and heaven in a wildflower, hold infinity in the palm of your hand, and eternity in an hour. So, wow, eternity may be the hourglass turned over and over. So, I'll get this out of the way super quickly. Again, within that poem, we see the word hand, you know, the hand faces, then we see the word palm. You know, so then we see obviously the palm prints whenever the creatures are near. So, if, like again, this is the quote that Death Stranding first appeared in front, of, like like with like it's sort of heralded Death Stranding. It was sort of at the very start, so it's a very important quote. And when we have Ragnaroks, who has done two beautiful videos on each of the Death Stranding videos, he's currently in the middle of making the third one. We have mm. um, made contact, and it is his intention to be on the show uh, when sort of schedules and ev eventualities sort of align, which is very great to hear and um if uh, by any chance ragnarok is listening here just let letting you know that we will absolutely be very pleased to have you in the show honored and privileged and to discuss this material with you exp expand on everything you've re revealed in your video so far and we're all great appreciators of your work here so um did anyone have anything uh, so dean steve um start with you dean anything to, to ask or, or to um to tell uh, ragnarok at this point if he's listening I mean, just that I love his work really yeah. much, and yeah, I would love to have him on. He does yeah. great work. He really does, for sure. Um, and Steve? Yeah, same, same. Uh, awesome videos, and uh, <laughs> you're welcome to, to come to the podcast. For sure. Super kindred. So, and I want to feel this to you guys. So, this hourglass imagery, for me, that's perfect, because uh, I think, yes, yeah, Steve, you were mentioning about the, maybe the laws of reality being broken and or, or rather everything being turned upside down so to speak what do we do with our glasses we turn them upside down right black holes resembling our glasses there's definitely connection there so i want to shout out to user mojave hot wax for that then we have um user spoticle saying very interesting and write up kojima's alley of oddness sounds totally plausible then user acceptics whether this plays into the game or not i like the concept it's consistent with a lot of clues we've gotten regarding black holes and might even be supported by things like the animals underwater swimming upside down during limbo and the loss of gravity when the big hand head boy shows up this could be the hourglass flipping over like that's beautiful, you know. Mm. Yeah, absolutely, definitely. And I want to shout out all those respective users. You know, in many ways, you know, we shape this show out of our own kind of energy, and that we sort of discuss essentially myself and the co-hosts our own experiences. But in many ways, from the respective, you know, quoting the Reddit, like these segments really write themselves because again, I don't need to edit. Like everyone on the Death Stranding Reddit, it really seems is just these very clearly, cogently spoken people who have this really great and discerning. So for the eventual inevitable, um, you know, and I really mean this, I'm going to, I'm going to hit it home every couple of episodes. We, 
are so having a Death Stranding premiere party in like some country. Like we have to figure out the closest country that it is for, for everyone <laughs> and just go to that oh. country and have like a, um, a Death Stranding like premiere party. Cause I want to meet all of you guys in person. And I think it'll be like, I think, do you think we'll clear a hundred episodes before Death Stranding comes out? I hope not. <laughs> you sounded so tired. <laughs> you sounded so exhausted. How many, how, how many episodes? Uh, how many episodes we have? Oh, we are at episode fourteen. Fourteen. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Fourteen. What do you think? Could oh man, it, could, yeah, could it be a lot. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna put put it this way. So whoever's better at calculating, maybe if you guys are better at maths than me. So um, we do four episodes a week and one every week, and then how would like extrapolate that to however many months it would be to get to um a hundred episodes and my personal hope just from my ocd is for death stranding to come out on the week of the hundredth episode of course it would be perfect if that happened um it really would be um so again people who are good at maths maybe send that to me in a tweet or something um or i'll figure it out it's but what is that like um yeah four episodes a week and then uh four weeks per month so four eight twelve again not my strong suit, listeners and co-hosts. It's not never been my strong suit. The whole maths thing. I, I save my bandwidth for way more valuable things like Tim and Eric quotes and interactive artistry. Uh, flip the order of that around in terms of priority. Um, I mean, so, if it's coming out in 2018, then yeah, perhaps. perhaps. I mean, we, we would, we would, uh, you know, it, it will re- release before we, we hit 100. Yeah. Points. Yeah, because 16 episodes a month, basically, right? Yeah, 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 sixteen episodes per month, and then yeah, multiply that by eleven. Um, yeah, there you go. So yeah, have fun with that, listeners, with your maths and all your increased uh, superior math skills than me. So yeah, have fun with that. I uh, let's see. So that's pretty much it with with that post of the pre-recording post that I that I see. Um, you know, for the rest, it was just me responding to like Hatchet Man Ralph. You know, um, about the occluded bodies and stuff, philosophobia. Um, so. We've talked about uh, each of your relationships with with ocean, with womb, with water, and to tie this off because we're coming up to the um, we're coming up to the two hours. Um, I mentioned about the the sacricity of water. Uh, it's 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 tied very closely to uh, the aspects of divinity, to aspects of you know sacred water, life giving water. And what I love is the inversion again that hourglass, um, as uh, the uh, awesome redditor. Um, just like elucidated for us you know on the on that theory you know mojave hot wax taking that inversion and making water both beautiful and yet frightening and that's that's the ultimate dichotomy of water is that we need it but also we we very deeply fear it and i mentioned rotifers at the start so rotifers are um these little creatures that um you know they just swim around in all bodies of water and then uh you know the one that i the first kind of my first sort of knowledge of them was hearing of i think it was on bonfireside chat that really awesome um uh um, dark souls uh, podcast and so mentioning that they uh, yeah i think we were talking about otherworldly horrors it was definitely bloodborne um so they are a phylum of microscopic and near microscopic pseudo so elemate pseudo coelimate animals right so they're very small so um some rotifers are free swimming and truly planktonic. Others move by inchworming along and substrate, and some are sessile, living inside tubes or gelatinous holdfasts. All right. So there are 25 species, um, each sessile or planktonic. Rotifers are an important part of freshwater zooplankton. So they're like part of 
the environment, you know, obviously. Um, being a major food source and with many species also contributing to the decomposition of soil and organic matter. So that makes me think of maybe that giant um, rotifer is like a corpse disposal team of its own, you know? Like, maybe they should hire that giant rotifer. It's like, hey, maybe we don't need a dedicated team. We'll just get you to eat up all the corpses. Maybe that can happen, you know? Um, I think that's really interesting. And the naming, obviously, uh, with, uh, you know, these different creatures. By the way, have you guys, like, feel free to bring up, like, just look up rotifers. And it's like that giant thing is absolutely a rotifer. It's like a gigantic, you know, gestalt. It has, like, weirdly, it has human hands. But maybe that's because it's been eating humans. But, um yeah, um, I want to just do a quick little roundtable on that particular creature because it is relevant to thalassophobia. It's the ultimate, I mean, that's the ultimate fear is, is being devoured in the ocean. It really is. Um, so I'll, uh, you can talk about jaws, whatever you like. Um, I'll start with uh, Steve. What's your relationship with, with the fear of the ocean? Well, I was actually thinking that uh, since this is kind of a backwards world, we're, we're actually seeing that, uh, could you explain that this underwater thing is actually like a like a safe place where you go after you die. Yeah, it's safe. And we actually see, and you actually, and you actually see that the horrors are on the surface. <laughs> this ah, is the first that. thing we see, like a giant spider mm, eating true. like a corpse or something. Beautiful inversion. So it's, it, it's so it's it's kind of a it's kind of a backwards thing there, and um, actually we see that in the surface also. Uh, everything regarding water is is, is is dangerous or hostile. Like yes. not only the the rain, but we have like the other black liquid that we still don't know what it is. But it's yeah. we know it's related to the to the creatures to the enemies. Absolutely, I, I think maybe something so, happened to uh, water itself. Like there's maybe you know no more water in females' bodies to be able to you know have that space to because that's what babies are like. They grow in water. It's it's that the womb, you know. So maybe that's it. Like water has been inverted and and everything's been inverted. So really, really, um, I hadn't thought of those perspectives before and those angles. Um, Steve, thank you. That's awesome. Uh, please continue, yeah. by the way. Uh, no, that was it. <laughs> actually, yeah, I actually think that there is. The, the, I mean, since the uh, underwater is like the safe haven of, 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 the, of the player, yeah. uh, maybe the, the water in the surface is actually the, the, the dangerous thing, and the, and the, the, the Lovecraftian uh, creatures are actually only like on the on the surface. Yeah, and you have a level of security in the in the in, in, in i mean in like like water. you see like in the ocean or something that yeah. that realm beyond the water is terrifying to me just it, it looks white it's just like he looks up and the surface is just this white space imagine the widest space yeah. you can imagine and then just the only thing permeating that white space are these enormous creatures that as you saw it's very efficient at what it does like finding and consuming and devouring it's just i mean that's that's a pure nightmare to think of you know yeah i mean and i mean in the in the water you see creatures that you that you that we know and that we understand we see a whale we see fish we see like you know and the the, the creatures that we cannot really see but are terrifying are the giant spider and the, and yeah. the other lovecrafting horrors are like actually in the surface so maybe yeah. there is also something that yeah implying that um you know these creatures these creatures that essentially swim because it does have that physical sign that it is swimming it isn't crawling or anything so it's this space that is almost water without water um it swims in nothingness you know with the same with the same movement as water but in nothingness and that's like it goes together you guys know about um uh, deep sea gigantism right no um so deep, deep sea gigantism is um 
uh, and I hope I'm not butchering this for like marine biologists and everything, but it's the it's the idea that the deeper you go into the ocean, the bigger things get at one point. Obviously, huh. with the pressure levels. Um, creatures do get smaller because to be able to survive the smaller the creature the better but there are also different stratas of, of ocean pressure um if i'm i really need to have, have you know i'm definitely going to do some reading up on this uh, as a follow-up but um the idea is at one point the pressure gives out at one point and there's no <laughs> pressure anymore and so in that pressureless environment, um, things like giant squids or, you know, some speculate that there are even bigger creatures down there, um, mm. that when you pass that certain strata of, of, um, of, of pressure deep down. And I, and I think that this kind of speaks to that as well, the sphere of deep sea gigantism and um, creatures that we, we simply don't know what, what's down there because we just haven't been able to reach it. Um, so, yeah, there's actually a film coming out pretty soon called Me uh, The Meg. Uh, it uh, explores what... Uh, you know, it's got Jason Statham. It'll just be—I think it's going to be a little bit kind of campy type thing, maybe like a riff off of Jaws, uh, mixed with a disaster movie thing. It's about the um, ancient um, megalodon shark, which is essentially a gigantic, uh, maybe seven to ten times the size of a uh, great white shark, but taxonom taxon taxonomically speaking, identical to great white shark it's just on a much larger scale and they actually did exist so megalodon and that's one of the you know when in my own sort of speculations about deep sea gigantism i was like that's probably what's may has may have a chance of being down there you know because they're fish and they don't have to come to the surface or anything so pretty interesting there so um dean if i could get your thoughts on the giant rotifer uh, aka the gestalt feeder um that appears and and yeah any all the things that we were just riffing about just then yeah, I mean, I, I really can tell you much about John Rodifer. I just looked up the the images, and yeah, it looks kind of similar. Yeah, but uh, I really, I I can't say any more, any that's much right. more about that. But but yeah, what the the sea and uh, all that. That's really interesting point Steve made. That you know, only when you surface, then only then is the danger there. And because in previous episodes, I, I I talked about how I think it's a dangerous area to be there where, you know, Sam is because of that creature, but creature is only waiting. It's it's not really in the water yet. So that, that's a really good point. And it, it made me look at it, you know, from yeah. a different perspective. That's but yeah, about about the water overall, I mean, it's, it's really funny because, you know, okay, you are in Australia, is it dangerous to swim there? Like, uh, are there sharks or stuff like that? There is, yeah, many, many, many creatures uh, here in yeah. Australia. Um, and <laughs> I, I do believe there's a, a pretty exaggerated stereotype about how dangerous the creatures are. And we, we sort of play along with it. I was like, yeah, mm -hmm. every day, you know, we're basically grateful to be alive because every time we walk outside, we could get attacked by spiders and all that stuff. So they're, mm -hmm. they're definitely dangerous. But speaking as someone who's lived here and managed to live, you know, quite happily and safely <laughs> uh, uh, for over 25 years, um, I have never been like in, in danger with any kind of wildlife whatsoever. Mm. So that just right off the bat gives you the idea. Um, I, I've seen certainly uh, some creatures, you know, um, I think I've only seen a snake in the wild once and it was long ago. I confidently, without any really worries at all, just walk right across like bushland and even in the sun, you know, uh, to, as in when like, so, you know, different creatures come out at different times, but uh, I have no fear at all with walking around. But Speaking of the ocean, like you're talking to the wrong guy. I, I, um, I firmly believe. I think Jerry Seinfeld he put it really well. He said, "Surfing is the ocean constantly spitting us out. Like we make a dance, we make something beautiful out of the ocean, saying get out of here. Like waves are like go. Like waves literally exist mm -hmm. to push us back to where we should be. 
you know, like because yeah, then when they really... when they're crashing back onto the onto the ocean and what i find interesting is that after a certain point this is what surfers do they go they wait out far enough until the waves stop pushing and it's almost like the ocean saying okay you asked for it i tried to push you back literally this is what waves are for to push you back onto the shore well now you're fair game now you're out here you know and then in fact at one point you start drifting away which is super poetic when it comes to that relationship with knowledge for example, like in, in, in Lovecraft, he um, a lot of the a lot of what the protagonists go through is this process of uh, the Eldritch Truth or whatever initially giving them clear signs of like stay away, this is dangerous, this is please, you know, like and they get warnings. These protagonists get warnings and warnings of do not learn this, do not take your curiosity to its conclusion. But we humans are um, without fail. It's intrinsic to who we are, like it's intrinsic to humanity to be curious. And so that's led to both great discovery and great, uh, great, great um, dangers, great dangers. Yeah. Thank you. Perfect word. Great dangers. Um, without curiosity, we wouldn't have people go to the moon. There's been for every successful submarine story or whatever you hear about people going down to those crushing depths, there have been, um, there's been fatalities, you know, but um, mm. that's what Lovecraft talked about is like, okay, at one point, the pressure will give out just like as i was talking about deep sea gigantism you go there will be no more resistance and then you will just be there adrift ready and available for both insights but also to be consumed by those insights and those truths which in the death stranding third trailer is represented by that creature so but the ocean is mm. is is it's so tied into us, man. Uh, you know, when people talk about that call, call to the ocean, you know, we emerged from the ocean. It has very close ties to the, mm. orig the origin of self. Yeah, evolutionary. Yeah, definitely. That's right. So um, people speak of that connection but, to the sea. Yeah, but go ahead, Dean. Yeah, I, I can really, you know, emphasize with, with uh, for, for example, my mother. We here in Croatia have a, you know, sea that is in large part really safe, like really, really safe. The only thing you can maybe... Do you say on English Medusa also, you know, it can burn you or stuff like that. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah, it, it's really safe. But I, I never liked it. I never liked the feeling that, you know, yeah. I'm just swimming and there's something behind uh, under me that I cannot see. And that it's just, I, I, I don't feel, you know, at ease, at ease when it's happening. Yeah. And my mother, my mother on the other side, she, she like always went so far in depth and just she, she even uh, she even seemed to, to some islands sometimes you know just crazy oh. stuff crazy stuff yeah yeah and I, I was always when i was a kid i was always worried what the fuck are you doing mother i mean just come back <laughs> see me in the fuck yeah you know yeah it was crazy wow but, uh, yeah, has I, no fear. yeah yeah she's really brave that's awesome <laughs> but uh, yeah, I always went, when I went to see, I always had, you know, a mask because I, I just couldn't stand that I, I can't see anything and, and my whole body or 90% of my body is within that, you know, sea level and, and just my head. No, it, it just doesn't feel, feel right. It doesn't, sure. it doesn't. And, and, um, and, and, and like, for example, surfers, you know, people who surf, there's this thing where I resonate so much about their connection to the ocean because in, in many ways I think they would tell you it's like why do I surf in this clearly dangerous place especially in places like Australia where we do have sharks we do have this they speak about this surrender they say well this is origin this is truth uh, the truth is silence they they go into all that in terms of the, their connection to the ocean but in, in many ways just like with like bungee jumping and, and stuff like that but I think in the most I think 
you know, surfing is probably the purest extreme sport to me because it, it kind of, um, and that connection with ocean really is because gosh, like, like who, who would, who would want to do what those people do if not to experience something in a way kind of spiritual because they say, well, I could be eaten at any time. I could be, I could get, I could, yeah, I could be attacked at any time. I could be, um, and they would tell you, well, that's, that's how it is in the real world. That's how, that's what, you know, you, you risk being right, you know, every day, like you could choke on something and all this stuff. And they say, you know, like maybe we should have a surfer on the show to explain that maybe at one point um, we'll see if uh, Eduardo surfs or anything, but just to get, I'm really curious. In fact, yeah, commenters, you know, listeners, if you wanted to reach out and just like discuss, like explore it, you know, I've, 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 I've connected with it from that point of view of, you know, they like, they like that elemental connection. You know, if you've seen Moana, for example, that Disney film about the ocean, you know, that elemental connection with the, with the ocean is certainly one where they say, well, if this is the origin of all kind of like we're, we're made of water, there's that connection to it. And I can respect that. And for example, if you threw me in the ocean right now and I like I would know how to at least tread water for a while. But and this is just my relationship with it. For me, water is, is death. And that's not in a morose way. It's just it's, you know, water is life. And there's that cyclical belief. And, you know, uh, yeah, like, you know, uh, you know reincarnation and all that for me um and we you know it's, it's like it's it's that idea that if you um if, if you if you sink into that's why this imagery of the trailer you know how they're like they're sinking into water again that as as you said steve that inversion of like water as life-giving but then water as death bringing and i think that dichotomy is probably where a lot of people they feel comfortable in that they're like this is my fear it's my ultimate fear and i live in I, I like i embrace that fear and, and i channel it and and look surfing is beautiful and like the ocean is absolutely beautiful um but it's also very very terrifying uh for good reason so I'm, I'm happy admitting to both you know so yeah i, I don't go swimming man I, what's the like no <laughs> like i can respect swimming but no <laughs> uh steve do you have any like ocean stories for us uh not really not, not that i fear the ocean uh i can i kind of i kind of i i'm kind of fearful of like box jellyfish yeah and things like that not, not as much as sharks and, and like you know but uh, for example, the, the the notion that you can you know get in the ocean and one of those box jellyfish will grab you and poison you horribly and you know it's, it's so that's kind of it's, yeah, so it's, it's, it's kind of fucked up. I, I prefer pools. Yeah, pools. <laughs> I prefer pools too, Steve. I really do. And and and, and uh, you know, it's really great to not be stung by something into paralysis. <laughs> Like it, it you, it's all these yeah. factors. It's like the factor of like being adrift. Then there's oh, it's just literally everything about the ocean communicates stay away, and like forbidden knowledge, you know, um, which you know bridges. I'm I, I predicted I'm gonna call it right now. Episode fourteen. Everyone remember in 2020 or whenever Death Stranding comes out on episode 30, fourteen, Albert made the prediction that there will be some character, maybe even Guillermo del Toro's character, who speaks from a point of view of talking about the ocean and talking about that fear of the unknown and why they were curious enough to break into different barriers. And they said, look, maybe uh, one of the things they decided is um, after they discovered everything they could about the oceans, they said, we need to push other barriers. And they said, you know, deep space. It's like a black hole. <laughs> yes. And they said, look, let's do the same thing. We discovered the depths of the ocean. Let's push that. Let's go into that forbidden, that kind of curiosity that goes too far really of, 
you know, and, and very likely, you know, that research will have pushed back. And, and again, uh, you know, there's so much about, again, outer space, which is saying, just stay the fuck down. You know what gravity is? Gravity is saying, stay the fuck on planet Earth. You know, <laughs> that's what yeah. na nature is saying. Don't go up, don't go into space. And waves on the ocean are the same. It's like, stay the fuck, like, know your kin, yeah. like, know your place yeah. in the universe. But we don't Definitely listen. a force, a force. Both the waves and gravity are, yeah. you know, defined as force. And yeah. it's forcing you to stay away. And yeah, it's just saying, it's just, yeah, I, mean, uh, I mean, what you were talking about when you said, like, the, the human spirit of, of curiosity. I mean, that's, 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 that's the great thing about human beings that the, they, they challenge the, uh, the, they challenge their, their own nature where you, we're, yeah. we're not supposed to live in, in like in the moon or something. It's we're not supposed to defy yeah. gravity to the point where we mm -hmm. can, uh, it, I mean, we can get out of our, of our planet and, and get in the moon, you know, yeah. we're not supposed to leave uh, underwater, but we have managed to do all these different things. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah, in our nature, which we've, we've been given, I, I call it, I'll just posit this here is, you know, um, I, I do believe in many ways, like our origins, I, 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 I wouldn't call myself any ism or any uh, istic or like religious or, or I just, just free thinking, I, th I think really uh, kind of, you know, in a broad sense, defines kind of my sort of viewpoint and worldview sort of thing uh, towards this sort of stuff. But for me, um, you know, to explain that, I, I kind of had had some uh, speculations, and I want to maybe do a little roundtable for this, is that what was given to us when we were sort of created or whatever, like from an evolutionary standpoint, is just the universe for me, like that little spark of creativity that we have. Um, you know, I tie this into, uh, you know, you know, whatever creative force, like, you know, again, explained away by physics, everything doesn't have to be self-canceling or, or, or um, mutually exclusive. Everything can kind of fit together, I feel. And uh, nature creates um, so much about, like, these uh, forces that we call divine create, you know, is, oh, nature's divine. Well, then we can say that from that point of view, this divine energy or whatever, we were given, like, the tiniest little droplet of that. I, I can imagine whatever creator, whatever you believe in, the universe, God, whatever, just, I said, you know what, what would happen if I gave these apes, like, a tiny drop of my own consciousness and ability to create, and what would they do with that, for good or for worse? And that's why we have this irrepressible urge to break through boundaries and to um, develop uh, and to just explore truths, you know, this obsession, this uh, resonance with truth. And and, um, and yeah, again, just, you know, going outside of our bounds, because that's what creativity is. Creativity, you, you, I know this sounds kooky, but walking out of your like house going to a new experience thinking new thoughts these are all creative because you're creating and you're, you're not just sitting stagnantly like a mushroom in the forest you know like that's we're ambulant we have these bodies we have these minds that are all conducive you know you look at humans like they can do crazy backflips they can like become geniuses at chess like we have all these crazy abilities that no, no other animal does and it's like what how else can you explain that other than that was an experiment it's, it's like we were given this little droplet so that's my sort sort of thought um what did you guys think of that um uh dean you know i think that uh, you know could you explain it i think in phantom pain mm. why our brains got bigger so your theory is not correct <laughs> oh, okay sure how, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I can't remember but you know how Saleh Anthropus is like you know the, the, the first ape that stand on two legs and sure. because of that our brains uh, could get bigger but yeah, yeah. I, 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 see, I see your point I mean yeah. I see that you know we, we're, we're so so similar to other animals but at the same time so so much more you know complex mm. and 
yeah, I agree. It's it's really yeah again something something to really think about and something I read about that a lot and definitely and I like the anthropist uh, theory because that also yeah again we stood up really to um, mm -hmm. evolutionarily to be able to look out on the plains to be able to spot predators and that's mm -hmm. why our spines elongated for that and again you can just look at all everything that took us to this point what was that will what will of the universe sort of looked at that and what what maybe from a creative you know Darwin talks about uh, the will of nature and like uh, he, he and species that are meant to survive survive and species that are meant to die die and that's just evolutionary that's that's true you know that's um i think observable at least uh, in nature we see these different patterns and for whatever reason universe creator god whatever you have the word for it sort of maybe is just experimenting with us and saying what would this species do like let, let me give them a little droplet of this uh as i i call it like invariably like just divine essence or whatever you want to call it this creative spark that we were given that ties us to the act of creativity and the act of exploring our curiosities um yeah and and what is that what is curiosity dean uh it was that willingness to like stand up like straighten your back and look out on the plane to see what you could see and that was an act that we enacted maybe where the we've created our own path in that way from an evolutionary perspective so whatever energy it is whether it comes from us or outside or both i think that's super fascinating to think about that's mm. really, really i'm really glad you raised that um, um oh, dean uh, and how about you steve uh on that on that topic of uh of um how humans came to be what we are and that irrepressible curiosity and, and everything we were just talking about um, well, I, I I don't think it's just about humans. I I believe this is just uh, is is just what happens to life. Uh, sometimes humans have like the arrogance of separating themselves from like other animals. You know, yeah, I, I I think uh, this. The, I mean, I think this evolution is just comes from the uh, from the most basic from the most basic origin of life. Since some, I mean, some people have the theory that. Uh, that I, I mean, the DNA-based uh, life creatures come from like uh, like an, an accident, like a, like an evolution from RNA-based uh, life creatures, yeah. and from there we we started evolving and evolving and evolving. And so, I mean, t to me, this is just like a like the the most basic uh, characteristic of, of of living things yeah. to just evolve. And I mean, we've come to a point like. We, like I said, we challenge, uh, we challenge the nature of, of of our evolution. We're not supposed to like go to to the moon or, or go underwater that deep underwater because our bodies yeah. are not meant to 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 survive in those in those sort yeah. of places. It's like challenging um, our evolution. Like challenging our evolution is our evolution. In a yeah, way. and uh, I mean it's kind of and it, it, I mean it's kind of the, the 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 thing we have to ask ourselves as like like the, the 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 human beings that we're living in in, in this time and this place were what do we want to continue doing with with this evolution we want to we want to use our intelligence to just make our lives like easier and more comfortable or we want to just um kind of like invest our, our intelligence in for example going to mars yeah because that's i mean <laughs> who who who's trying to put us on Mars? Like one guy, Elon Musk, and that's it. <laughs> that's right. It's not like it's not like it's not like every uh, first world country wants to get there. You know, yeah. he so, is that um, spark of curiosity, like embodied in in a man. Yeah, I also like how you pronounce yeah. his name, a Alien Musk. We should just call his, his it's name Elon Musk. Musk. I, yeah, <laughs> I like it. No, it should be Alien. He's, he is an alien. He really does look like. Oh, okay, okay, I get it. <laughs> I like it. No, but I agree with you, man. Absolutely. Yeah, please go on. 
uh, no, that was it. <laughs> that That's was cool. pretty much it. I, I dig that, man, for sure. Yeah, gosh. yeah. Uh, yeah I, I wanted to mention, man. Yeah, well, I agree. I agree that you know we need to push those boundaries. And when we speak about stuff like this, you, you, I'm reminded about that trailer from Interstellar, first trailer. You know, you know, oh, you know. Yeah. I'm speaking the, about the narration. Yeah, absolutely. That was. We yeah, that's, that's one of the main themes of that movie. We weren't we weren't meant yeah. to die here, you know. In yeah, the, yeah, in yeah. the sand and in the dust, you know. Yeah, but but at the same time, you know. Um, we we've still got so much problem like social problems, cultural problems that we still. I think we need to prioritize those before maybe, but but it's far more interesting, you know, to go to the Mars. To it's far more interesting for us. But uh, when you look at the big picture, you know, there, there's there's a lot of you know problems still out there in the normal human lives that you know maybe should be handled first. Absolutely. I would say. Um, Cooper, he says, we used to look up at the sky and wonder at our mm. place in the stars. Now we just look down and worry about our place in the dirt. We've always defined. Yeah, that's our- such a great trailer. You know, you, you kind of wonder. Uh, I, 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 when when I watch that movie, I kind of wonder if there is if there really needs to if there if there really needs to be like a horrible um, environmental or something catastrophe for like human beings to wake up to this reality. Sadly, because I mean that movies. That 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 movie is kind of like to me the main theme of that movie is like the 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 struggle of like altruism versus like selfishness, you know, because um, it's 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 about the characters who either want to go save the the earth or or stay there and die. It's like the like the, that's like the main choice that the, the main character has to make in that movie. So yeah, yeah. Absolutely, and and it's, and it's only because and it's only because somebody tells him, okay, listen, uh, in a few years everybody's gonna die. So and this is like the only, <laughs> this is like the only pl- the way to save the, the world and save your daughter. Yeah, I mean, actually, that's something we haven't really discussed, which we'll probably have to um, maybe bring, or like continue this. I love this discussion, by the way, guys. It's one of my favorites we had on the show um, with you guys here. Definitely, really appreciate it. Um, yeah. um, you know, the idea that we all that like uh necessity is the mother of invention or failure or like and and Mm. in in many ways yeah like they failed um in that interstellar world you know like the crops and everything like that was a failure of of mankind and so failure gave birth to invention in that way and um the, the the argument can be made that all progress uh, in technological progress and all this is is because of you know situations like that um that's a jaded view i think a lot of people are just out of that inherent curiosity didn't have to wait for a galvanizing incident it's certainly the rarest kind of curiosity mostly curiosity does come from uh you know i think it comes inherently but there's definitely a kind of uh, curiosity that, that does uh, and is galvanized by we fucked up and now what do we do and, and it's like it's yeah that uh it's that curiosity that that galvanizing that effort is, is the is the result of um pure necessity and and in many cases a life and death necessity so um this quote by cooper we've always defined ourselves by the ability to overcome the impossible and we count those moments these moments when we dare to aim higher to break barriers reach for the stars to make the unknown known we count those moments as our proudest achievements but we lost all that or perhaps we've just forgotten that we are still pioneers and we've barely begun and that our greatest accomplishments cannot be behind us because our destiny lies above us. 
that was mm. uh, that's probably um, on every when you uh, start working at Bridges. You know, you get your in induction pack, all your sort of uh, <laughs> you know. That's probably the quote at the very beginning. It's like, hey, you know, I think uh, the person who would go on to eventually found Bridges, his favorite movie was Interstellar. It's like, look at how curious we are. Isn't that great? Let's push. Oh, we've broken time space. Wow. Oh, now there are oak. Okay, uh, creatures everywhere. Oh, what? Do, oh, fuck. 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 That's. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's just the plot summary of Death Stranding. Fuck. 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 Right. Uh, what do you think, uh, Steve? Uh, what, oh yeah, actually, let's. I want to get your. <laughs> I think what was that? <laughs> came up with it before. Uh, the uh, plot summary of oh yeah, Bob's bad day. Like Bob is having a bad day. That's uh one my title for Death Stranding. Uh, what about what would you? What's your title for Death Stranding, Steve? Oh, I don't know, man. But I, I, I was actually thinking on. Uh, <laughs> I was actually thinking that that it might be like, sort of like uh, like the message in the movie Akira. Yeah. Where they oh, just yeah. basically fucked up by doing this by like doing experiments and they basically just fucked up. They did, <laughs> and yeah. there was a giant explosion that killed everyone. Yeah. Uh, so and, yeah, maybe I I I, I, I recall that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I my thing of yeah, my thing of dipping into levity there is is when you're faced with that. Uh, it's it's sort of it's an interesting thought that produces a couple different reactions. My main sort of uh, my main sort of immediate thing is levity there with like. Wow, the idea, like how it's kind of depressing to think that, oh, we only really make advances and change when we fuck up. And I don't think like that's really healthy in relationships, for example, is like, oh, you have to wait for your partner to yell at you or whatever to um, to, to change, you know, uh, like or, yep. or for shit to get really bad before you get up and, and, and do something. So I, I like to be a bit more altruistic and believe that people do have that. But it, it nevertheless made me that's why I had that kind of moment of like, uh, you know, that that like what to do with that. And like, that's why I got it, like, a little bit of levity there in um with the you know uh, thinking about bridges and stuff and i really hope um maybe you know what speaking seriously i would love for uh bridges's um you know intentions to be pure initially uh, I, you know bridges sounds like such an altruistic name it sounds like mm. something like a company that wants to bring people together would call themselves so maybe they wanted to develop like teleportation or something uh just to save I can see that being a development in technology of people wanting to learn how to teleport and, you know, bridges between different spaces. We do that with technology right now, obviously with Skype. Um, but I can see that becoming an like an unshakable curiosity of a bunch of scientists. Like, no, 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 let's make it happen. Let's let's do teleportation for real. Let's make that happen. So maybe bridges were part of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, bridges sounds like a, like a military or like a scientific initiative, you know, <laughs> yeah. that uh, that wants to do the right thing and explore something. Yeah, uh, absolutely, yeah. definitely. And Dean, any thoughts on any of that before we wrap up? I mean, uh, not especially on that, but I'm maybe, I don't know if you have time, but you know, that podcast, you know, that, that there was some news there. So I don't know if you have maybe 10 more minutes oh, yeah, or not. In fact, um, listeners, I'm going to actually cut away to that right now. I heard you did a video game Kojima. Is that right? Hideo Kojima, yeah. That's something that's that guy is mind-blowing. Yeah. Hideo Kojima yeah, is like yeah, yeah, yeah. another level. Yeah. I just... You know, it, whatever he wants to do, I'm down. I'll do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We premiered this. I guess the third trailer. There's one with Mads Nicholson. One's with one with Guillermo del Toro. The first one with me naked on the beach holding a baby, and then this one, there's a baby in my belly. <laughs> I mean, it's a you know, it, it's, it's a prequel. Yeah, it's a prequel. It okay. Possibly, but he's. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It, you know he, I know what the game's about. 
to a certain extent. You know, it, we we went out at the Music Game Awards in LA a couple of weeks ago, and we came on stage. And part of the scripted dialogue when you come out with the microphone. It was me saying, now I need to go on the internet and figure out what that was about, you know, <laughs> but I kind of know what it's about because I've asked him a zillion questions. Uh, but yeah, but when he, someone approaches you know. with these crazy ideas and when you're on camera or in game in this case, you're pretty much, I mean, once you said yes, you're open to whatever these guys ask for. Or these pretty much. For I mean, the thing about this game it, you know, this is with the the skull motion capture, and you're in the green leotards with yeah. all the dot butt dots on you, and it's 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 crazy how it works. Like I've never seen anything like this. I've never seen a video game that looks like a movie. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's it's 360. It's oh, wow. it's it's all around you, looking like that, and 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 the concept is so mind blowing because it's not like you know kill everybody and win the game. It's it's a connecting thing. Mm -hmm. It's like the opposite, mm -hmm. and. You know, it's it's so ahead of its time, yeah. and there's elements of social media in it, and it's it's the idea is that you know, you've so many games and so many parts of millennial culture, I guess, is being alone in a room yeah. and you lose contact, physical contact with people. This is after that and the reestablishing of that physical contact. It's it's super super interesting. But you know, when I met him, he I was like, oh, so you, they'll play me, and they're like, no, they are you. So as we're doing these oh. motion capture stuff, you know, they want me to be Norman. You know, they're all standing around. And if, you know, if I scratch my head a certain way, they go, oh, do that. And then we'll capture it. And I'm, you know, so by the end of the day, you're kind of not moving because you're like, okay, we, you know, if I keep moving, we're going to keep filming. Right. You know? <laughs> <I'm done. laughs> you know what I mean? And it's all great, but, you know, it, it, we could go on forever, yeah. you know? So, yeah. uh Oh, that's interesting then. I'm down with whatever Hideo wants to do because oh. he's he's another level genius, yeah. that guy. So yeah, okay. there you go. Fantastic. Yeah, cool. yeah what did you and, and Dean and your I want you to be our expert on this uh, on this one. Okay, um, sure. I mean the, the the biggest thing I took from from this is you know how I have this worry is that Sam will not be a real character again, that he will be something like Venom. And uh, the thing he the thing Norman said is basically when when he talked about you know the bu uh, yeah. they asked him when when he was doing shooting they asked him to you know to put uh, a lot of himself his character his his actions into the character sam character yeah so you you know it said in the podcast that that you know he, he was like it was the middle of the night and he was he was taping you know recording his movement and everything every single when he i don't know scratch his scratch his head that they you know want to implement that in the game so that that's really i think a big okay. evidence that yeah that, that's a really big evidence that he will have a character and it's not going to be you know we are him in a way that we are really him that that's then good. yeah it, it's it's that you know we will be him because of he, he will be so so realistic so so deep so you know real oh, character that, that, that puts me that's so much at ease thank you for telling me that man for sure yeah, if you have some thoughts about that, Steve or Albert, yeah. I'll go ahead, Steve. Oh well, I'm glad. I'm glad we're we're playing like we're playing this character. I I never thought we were gonna play like, you know, the the representation of the of the player or something like that. I, mm -hmm. uh, and I mean, you can see the same thing with uh, with Matt. You can see of I think he's going to be like a, like a very specific type of. Uh, well, I don't want to say villain, but uh, like a very specific type of character. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad. I, I actually took that from from 
for granted since the since the first trailer. That's true. I mm. hadn't actually thought about that, um, but I'm glad. And this is um, why you know we'll. I think I wouldn't really say that this episode on any because we like to have that dedicated segment. Um, but we did basically receive a few teasers on this episode, um, listeners, uh, for the next um, Phantom Pains and Gains. It's actually given me a lot more ideas um, of what to talk about when going into that one. And as you said, you know, one of the, the one of the things that I, I I didn't really, yeah, I I I appreciate that they're changing, obviously, and and going into Death Stranding with a more fully formed and just as you said, you know, characterized and and authentic. You know, this is me. And you're right. Like for a while, that quote was open to interpretation of, oh no, they'll be you. And yeah, I don't like the idea of that mm-hmm. that blank slate kind of a step into, which is nothing as a commentary of like I like putting myself into roles. I really do. Like I love the Zelda games and everything. You know mm-hmm. that tone of you know the silent protagonist. But uh, he was just a bit too silent for me personally. For for yeah, kind of pain. But again, uh, re- by the way, listeners, um, Phantom Pains and Gains is definitely not about like here's all the things we hate. It's all about like because we love that game so much we want ev- all the good things to be taken into death stranding and we want all the things that eh, weren't really the best uh to be you know left behind which is uh, how you iterate and how you evolve and i think that's kojima that's the on the forefront of his mind too so we're sort of showing in that space there you know or, or at least speculating on that space creatively what might must be happening there at uh kojima productions um you know uh developing the game and i'm really looking forward to that next segment and um i want to go into a lot of uh the aspects that i really absolutely love like um so, so much so many evocative aspects of, of um, phantom uh, pain that i'd like to go into for sure and artistic choices and everything and um yeah so that's i think we're we're, we're wrapping up there guys did you have any closing thoughts I mean, I have two more points, but if you have to go oh, to work, oh. then, then... You know what? You know what? Work can wait. It's fine. Go right ahead, Dean. <laughs> okay. No, it, it, it's just, you know, how uh, he... Did, did you guys listen to the podcast? Um, he was Norman. Yeah, 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 I did. Yeah. Okay. But you, you know how, how he was saying, I will explain to you, Steve, if you didn't, uh, that it's it's game that is, you know, uh, attempting this um, team, I guess, that it's not an isolating experience anymore. Mm. Because, you know, games like, I guess, Uncharted is in some way isolating because you, you have to yeah. play alone or, or, you know, you have to really concentrate on, on characters and stuff like that. Yeah. But I think this is a wrong approach, maybe. I, I'm not sure I, because I'm, 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 I don't really see what it is yet. But right. I think it might be a wrong approach because, like I said, we... We have Reddit, for example, we have internet and we can share experiences from games on the internet. And mm-hmm. if he wants to put some kind, some kind of system for that in the game or, you know, connect us in some way, okay. But again, give us choice to just experience it ourselves and then, and then we can talk about it with friends, with the internet, with whoever you yeah, want. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, you just like, uh, it must be because a bit earlier for me. Um, you know, So the podcast, like, I weirdly for a second, if I thought of the, uh, no, it'll be, you'll be you, you know, that interview there. I've seen that. I haven't heard this one yet. I've, I've read really great things. I'm actually going to listen to it on the walk to work, oh, man. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but that's great. And I love how how much he's involving his, his performers. And I really think, um, by the way, just want to feel this to you guys. As you can hear with what's happening with Sam, as in the character, and Norman, it's the exact same with with Mads. Like, it has to be. Yeah, that, for sure. That he's yeah, asking yeah, him yeah. to do that. Yeah, which is really intriguing to think about, too, and all the other performers as well. Like, his choices in casting aren't just aesthetic, obviously. It's for what that person, who they are, as a creative artist, as both Mads as 
is an artist and and Norman as an artist mm. uh, uh, that what they can bring and Guillermo of course as well what they can each bring to the story and I that's when you know if you think about that that first art that Yoji uh, Shinkawa did of you know they're all holding hands and they're holding that strand like that there's that chibi art that was done for that presentation um, do you guys know what the art I'm talking about of of yeah, 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 exactly. Yep. So when he, when he did that, it was really this, yes. this feeling that yeah, that Kojima really chooses his his, his um collaborators not just from a like being able to serve one dimension of of the project. I think he he incorporates who they are and and their worldviews and and what they can contribute mm -hmm. to character. And like Mads, for example, strikes me as a very pensive, uh, very erudite, and very um just like in in his own way, not in an unrelatable way, but otherworldly. Like he has his his own relationship with the world, and um he uh and and this uh this sense of he's very poised as a person, and I think he, he that like his philosophy of life and his worldview really translate into his performances. Um and so I just love that acknowledgement of artists and sorry as and yeah artists and actors as yeah being more than just performers that they are collaborative creative people that um can really really help develop a role uh, really well and um i saw a lot of that in, in shape of water as well like with sally hawkins and um uh, and doug jones uh yeah like the best actors the best performers oh, and, and octavia spencer and and so many other and michael shannon and i just love that film it's it's a beautiful film um yeah and um the amazing i mean he, he plays the 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 russian scientist he's um uh michael stuhlberg as well just gosh this this sense of you know i'm i'm hiring you for this not just for what you can contribute uh, on the screen but what you can contribute behind it and then in the soul of these characters like guys they've barely said anything and i feel like these characters you know mads's character and norman have more soul than i have seen in fully fully like like complete games that i've played like that's huge mm -hmm. you know and, and it's really similar similar to reference approach uh because he, he was a joke he made also i died at this uh that you know he really didn't have much budget so he couldn't really pay people so he wanted them to enjoy them enjoy themselves you know to stay at the project so yeah it, it's this approach and and neil Druckmann has it too I like that, you know when yeah, yeah. When, when people enjoy in what what they're doing, the the project and the product is better overall, better quality. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's great. There's a little little. Yeah. Bit, yeah. Oh yeah. Go ahead, MD. No, I just wanted to ask you and Steve about the isolating experience thing because you, you know he he really emphasizes that it's not an isolating experience. It's it's trying not to be isolating experience. Yeah. Well. So what what do you think that could be or yeah. Um. So first of all, but before I forget the thought, you know that meta aspect of you know, um, you know, like Refn, he like wasn't able to pay people. I was saying, uh, you know, uh, like earlier, um, about like you know when interactive artistry gets to that point, it'll be really cool. And for now, it's essentially something <laughs> we're, we're essentially doing this with our with our time, and it's it's going to be growing into something. I think it's it's taking a beautiful trajectory, um, in, into that. And I think yeah, that'll be good, um, down the line as well. But um, so my thoughts on that, uh, buddy. Let's see. Uh, games as an isolating experience. In many ways, I feel like they should be. Um, and I think, call it something maybe like, uh, you know, let's use like, uh, what's a good example for a game? Not, I can never, I can't, when I think of comparing and what we can expect with it from Death Stranding, I find it very difficult to think of a point of comparison. But I think isolating is, you know, at the start of each interactive artistry, we have Timmy Mantoniades who says, you have your audience's undivided attention 
for hours on end, which is one of the strengths of the medium. Mm. And um, that 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 isolation and, and sort of a connection, you know, with nothing else, with no distractions, no uh, multiplayer, no other players, um, no social, no sharing or trophies appearing, that that's super powerful. And I think that's how some of my most enduring and, and powerful and formative um, gaming memories have been, is the me in front of a TV, uh, with a controller for hours on end, just connecting with the subject matter, which is happening less and less nowadays as we're constantly like Dean and Steve, you guys remember when before the whole smartphone thing, we would sit down mm. and we would watch something and we wouldn't constantly have a little re little rectangle next to us that we would worry about checking. Mm. Like that's taken yeah. a lot away from it being... was so boring. Yeah, <laughs> I will admit it's pretty handy to have this thing. It really is. You know, it gets you get, get to get a lot of things done. But old Dean wouldn't have said that. Old Dean would have been like, "Oh, this is just what this is." It's only boring when you think about it in comparison to what we have now. It's like, yeah, that would be boring. But uh, no, but but kids, kids today, really, I think they really, you know, it, it's not cool what they're what they're doing. It, it's much. it's way out of you know out of boundaries it's for, way for too me. much yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 and we are what we we are what we continually do we become what we be continually uh sort of uh, you know our behaviors with like we are we are our our ongoing behaviors is, is what creates us mm -hmm. and i think um if we took a break from that like it would be a lot of people would kick up a stink but i think you know, I, I wouldn't mind if, if um, internet stuff like, uh, and this is blasphemy to the millennials, but, or, or again, not always trying to make it about like, you know, saying, tying them exclusively, exclusively to technology because millennial doesn't immediately imply, you know, oh, dependent on technology, nothing like that. For people who are technology dependent or whatever, like I'm, I'm, I'm personally myself expressing personal opinion, pretty cool with if we did step away from that and we sort of connected back with like silence and like, being present with stuff but uh but yeah yeah so that's kind of my thought on that um so isolating experience buddy i think it would be a good thing but i also know that there's some plans with with online and i think kojima i really mm -hmm. i do trust him implicitly about incorporating something that doesn't take away from narrative because he's clearly working a lot on it as well so out of interest mm -hmm. for himself as a, mm -hmm. as a storyteller yeah he, he, he would want people to stay connected so um how about you steve on that subject of isolation uh, was he was he talking specifically about like the uh, the multiplayer connection or something? Because uh, I mean, I agree with you. I, I think it, I mean I I would like the option to kind of have that isolated experience in the sense that I'm I'm the kind of guy who I've always been like a console player. Mm -hmm. So I've, I mean, and I enjoy like sitting down and playing this long RPG story, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I I actually enjoy that, and I don't need like the uh, like the multiplayer thing. I mean, to me, it's not like necessary. I to me, the best kind of even experiences with with like friends or something is like when you play a game, a single player game, and your friends playing the same game, and then you you meet and you kind of say, hey, did you did you find the secret here? And mm -hmm. did you know you could do this? And your friend says, oh yeah, and I also did this, and you you say like, no way, you you could do this in this game, and everything. so I mean, it's like. To me, it's not necessary to have like this multiplayer online thing, and um, it's good that you have. I mean, to me, the isolated thing uh, to be, in the beginning sounded like, like in terms of of the story. So um, I I hope that um, it's like a it's like a self-contained story with like good characters and everything, well well-written characters, so you can actually enjoy it as a single-player game. Um, 
Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but I mean, when it comes to the, I I really hope it's not like a like an attempt to do this uh, this new online uh, multiplayer mode. Yeah. I think the, I, I hope yeah. the focus is still on the on the story and on the characters. Mm, agreed, totally, absolutely. Well, mm. that was a really cool little roundtable, man. Um, Dean, did you have any anyone else have any closing thoughts before we round things off? I mean, he did mention also, but again, that that's something we we already talked about. But you know how it's not how the game is, you know, ahead of its time, and how mm. it's not about the killing, but the opposite of it and connecting. I mean, that's something we know. But when he says it like that, you know, it's it, it it's again again stating this this thing that really bothers me in gaming, and I said this already, that you know, every time you kill, every time you kill, and this is something innovative, this is something new, and I cannot fucking wait. But yeah, yeah, but just, just wait, that about man. the killing. So yeah. good, yeah, definitely. Awesome, guys. Well, I think that was yeah one of my favorites. Definitely, I loved how wide ranging the discussion was. So, uh, if you guys are cool, I'll, I'll sort of um, proceed with sort of the wrap up if that's cool. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. Terrific. Yeah. Looking forward. I'm already weirdly. I'm weirdly already looking forward to next week's episode. It's been really good. Fantastic. So, um, for our wrap-up listeners, uh, we have uh, some information for you about Death Stranding Podcast is part of the Interactive Artistry Podcast Network. Um, iTunes is the first one I wanted to raise. So, if you did feel inclined to give us a bit of feedback on on the show itself, um, we would love to see and read out your uh, reviews. Five stars is obviously beautiful, and, and we'd really love that, but obviously always just reflect um, your own thoughts about the show. Um, we're on Podbean. Um, again, all of this is easily searchable on, on Google. I have found, I've, I've done all the tests. You don't need to know URLs. Just type the Stranding Podcast, Twitter, the Stranding Podcast, Instagram, and they'll come up pretty easily. Um, Facebook, we have facebook.com forward slash interactive artistry, which is sort of our parent channel that kind of gathers all the news. So yeah, so follow our outlets for uh, Kojima and Kojima affiliated content and updates. As a closing note to our listeners, we here at Interactive Artistry are always looking to improve the quality of the show and tailor it to you, the audience, to make it the very best Death Stranding slash Kojima show it can be. Um, and yeah, you can enter uh, giveaway sweepstakes and also help us grow for a dollar a month, um, a minimum if, you, if you'd like, uh, at patreon.com forward slash Interactive Artistry. Again, the way that I say it uh, when I explain the whole Patreon thing, and I'm probably, we're actually going to be putting a video out there soon. Uh, I've, I've made a... I've, one of my filmmaking friends is going to help me make a video just to kind of explain this sort of thing. And it's going to just be this condensed thing that um, I'll probably just redirect people to, but essentially uh, at a dollar a month, it's that price. So like, if you think about like when you buy a meal, like just like 12 bucks sort of thing, like maybe like uh, whatever you guys, whatever a meal is for you, um, that kind of thing, if that would just be for one whole year, so $1 a month, then that would just literally help us um, really just, create and further develop the show into the most fulfilled um, version of what what it can be um, and we obviously want to uh, increase quality all, all the way around and um, and activity as well around the channel and um, incorporate different shows I've, I've debuted a few shows in the meantime just out of my own time but it, it's uh, yeah it definitely takes its time to, to, to create with editing and everything so if you wanted to show that from from anywhere from any place that it comes from for you personally listener potential patron uh, to to um, recognize us in that way, it's it would be lovely. Uh, we'd really appreciate that for sure. And and yeah, and that's also on patreon.podbean.com forward slash stranding. When you're listening on Podbean, there'll be a little prompt there if you want to help us out. So and yeah, if you have any feedback you'd like to share, please do reach out to us um, through our online outlets, and we have that um, email address, uh, deathstrandingpodcast at gmail.com, as well as interactiveartistry at gmail.com. So yeah, so take care everyone, and remember, the game 
has already begun. Is up? How are we doing? Good morning, my man. Good morning, buddy. How are you? Good, good. You? Uh, good, good. Yeah. Um, my body just like took that extra half hour. It's crazy. <laughs> Sorry, I, I really apologize. No, no, I was late anyway. Sorry. Oh, perfect good. timing. Perfect timing. You're coming through pretty clear. Um, we'll just uh, wait for the Skype to kind of stabilize. How am I coming through, buddy? Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Nice. Fantastic. Maybe need to. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, Phobia, I'm just um, doing the show notes real quick before we get started. But yeah, man, how's your week been? Yeah, pretty good, man. Pretty good. That's just good. usual stuff. Mm. Nice. Yeah. And so. Funny, funny thing. Here you go. Yeah. The yeah. funny thing just happened. I, I was driving and explosion happened like 150 meters from me. Whoa. Uh, yeah, 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 but I didn't see it. I only heard it. So the whole ground like vibrate and shit. That's yeah. I, I guess it was the gas leak. Yeah, it's <laughs> really distressing, it's man. Distressing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so did you only hear it, or did you actually see it as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I only heard it, and you know, like the whole ground vibrates. So pretty much yeah. everything just yeah. It was crazy. That's crazy. But yeah. Wow. All right. It might just be you and me, buddy. Um, cause I, I always dial the whole group and it's always, always about like who can make it. So I'm happy for it to just be you and I, we can get started as soon as you like, buddy. Yeah, sure. I mean, if, if no one else is going to Awesome. Fantastic. Well, I will, yeah, just crack on. I'll go into three, two, one, and then we'll get started. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So I'll just quickly up the little dates because now i used to do the show notes um you know this this like um this part here of the countdowns to the events but now i have this really cool app it's called the days app and like it actually shows me straight up how long that how long things like gdc 55 uh, pack 72 e3 140 you know so right there so but yeah, okay. and uh, and yeah, man. Yeah, because the thing is, after a while, like you actually seriously don't need the show notes because you've been on the show long mm-hmm. enough that we each know what we're each of us going to talk about. So simple as that. Oh, I think we got a message. Um, was that someone messaging? Let me just have a look. Yeah. Steve didn't see the episode today. Got enough people. Come on. In. Nice. Hold on, man. Come on. <laughs> nice. We need a Steve. Uh, so wait, you only like sleep for three hours and then you're not sleeping at all later yeah. afternoon yeah. or I and that's fine. Like I usually bread. I usually only get anything between two to three and a half or maybe sometimes four hours of sleep anyway. So it's fine. Really? This why this really and you're used to it. Yeah, I'm getting used to it, yeah. And um, I like that the days... I'm actually... Hey, Dean, did you like that schedule? Like, I'm pretty happy with that. Like, you know, the way that I've got it figured out with um, Tuesday's Death Stranding podcast. Um, you know, yeah. Wednesdays, uh, it's... Uh, what's my... I'll just bring it up really quick. 
Yeah, Wednesdays it's yeah, um, Wednesdays, inter- interactive yeah. artistry. They take a break on Thursday, Friday's God of War, take a break on Saturday, and then Sundays is mm-hmm. Fumito Ueda, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. This thing's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm just doing uh Red Redemption Time some some I'm like halfway through. Oh dude. But thank yeah, you so I enjoyed much. that. Yeah. Did okay. you like the episode? Mm-hmm. Nice. So yeah. far, yeah, yeah, pretty it's, good. It's it ah. now. Here's something special about that one, man. Is that you know, so far, all of the stuff we've talked about, like Last of Us, for example, like I when we had that conversation, like I was pretty on the level of hype of just like, yep, I want to, I want to play that. Red Dead was like, I was like 83 percent there like i knew that like intuitively like i was like yep i really want to play that um you know and but it wasn't just full bore but this is why i loved the process of this and it was one of the extra layers of appreciation i have and like what the show can really serve is that when i once i did that like i fully like just having the discussion and exploring like my connection with it and everything and that conversation with ray and everything like i've found myself looking up more red dead videos like i downloaded the red dead soundtrack (laughs) took that to work you know um and like have you found like that's really cool to do that like it like to actually oh wow and these conversations we have with interactive artistry, they actually, um, you know, uh, really round out and and strengthen and bolster like the hype in a really good way. Like it, it kind of reminds you of why you want to play the thing in the first place, which I think is going to mm-hmm. be really, really. It might even do that for our listeners as well. Is that kind of doing that for you a little bit as well, dude? For sure, and and I can't wait till we actually play something and then talk about it after. I mean, that that's going to be also great. For sure. That's right. And um, what do you think of uh, we've got? Hey man. Oh my man, my Steve. Hey, How Steve. you doing, buddy? Good, good. How are you? I really appreciate uh, you being on the show, dude. I'm really well. Yeah. Uh, sorry for taking the extra, however long. I like half an hour. It's just dumbass body. Like I, I tell it to wake up at three thirty, and then it's just like eh, like, extra half an hour. So like instead of three and hours, it's it's like just give me four. I'm like fine, have four. You know, four hours sleep. But um, yeah, because we went to a mid um a nine p.m. screening of The Shape of Water, and yeah, there's just no words. Like I just and it, it's perfectly suited that there's no words i have like because it's just so it's beautiful beyond words i loved it so much um it's so clear that he put so much passion into it uh it's a few it's a beautiful movie i think um be, do, uh, you guys both seen it no no not spoilers i've not seen it yet all right well that's i suppose i mean like that's it's really like in my it just made its way like it just went on a highway without any walls or any inhibitions or any uh, barriers it went straight into my heart it's made its home there it's going to be there for like my entire life that movie it's really one of those movies for me uh, so much symbolism you know what a great mm-hmm. payon to uh, love in all its forms and like love is love uh, you know regardless of the shape it takes and you know, water um, takes the shape of the thing that holds it, and there's a beautiful poetry there of like when you find um, something that completes and and sort of forms itself around you, but also like is kindred to you to in in every degree. You know how love when sorry like um when water like fills like something, it fills every little available inch of it, and I think that that's the feeling when you meet someone like that connects with you and that deep of a way and that resonates that much with you it's like that's how it feels it feels like 
it has like water being poured into you like every they connect with every like part of you it's really fucking beautiful and um visually guys like i've never loved the color teal as much <laughs> you know <laughs> like mm. it, and like these greens and like gilmo is so fucking um so fucking like te- uh, like keyed in with his um color psychology and and and, and choices there so I'm, I'm i suppose i'm just jumping into this before we air so that i don't go straight into talking about a shape of water <laughs> you know on the show because it's a death stranding show so um but yeah but anyway um, let's do a three two one and get started eh? okay yeah sure sure and a three and a two and a one Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 14 of Death Stranding Podcast. Oh, shit, I am fucking tired. I'll have to edit this. <laughs> okay. It is Tuesday, the 23rd of January, 2018. Ah, oh, fuck. Excuse me. <clears throat> it is Tuesday... Oh, shit. It is Tuesday, the 28th <laughs> of January. Shut up! Okay. <clears throat> I'm really good at editing. Okay. I don't have to do that again. It is Tuesday, the 23rd of January, and there are 72 days to PAX, 140 days to E3. I just, I'm just off my fucking game tonight. Taking the whole thing again, and you guys are super patient, thank you. Okay. <clears throat> oh, we got some music in the background. <laughs> Sorry, that was that's, all, that's all good, that's all good. Okay. <clears throat> and three, and two, and one. All right, <laughs> like, <laughs> you dig that? <laughs> yeah, I like how you always clap, buddy. <laughs> I always do. It's great. It's literally like we just like basically made something. So again, whatever. If you want to connotations of like wrapping up a film, you know, they always clap at the end of a film. It's the small microcosm of creating something. It's an investment of time, guys, and that deserves as lame as it might be. I always include this as well. Have you guys been noticing at the end of episodes? It's just good to just. Let people know it's like yeah like uh we're here doing this and it's um just something that i feel super like personally really really happy that that they're that we're able to kind of have these discussions and and um group them uh by the way i've actually speaking of grouping them i've been putting them all in a playlist you know all the death stranding uh, podcasts and uh um i will also consider i think it, it's going to be a cool thing to maybe jump into some of the episodes and find particular segments and then maybe release those as separate shorter videos so that people can just like hear for example i could see a video like um you know dean's thoughts on the ocean or steve's thoughts on fear and mother mm-hmm. on motherhood you know I, I think that would be pretty cool but uh yeah the applause at the end is always as a recognition for you guys and you can roll your eyes as much as you want it's just me appreciating uh the, the time the time invested it's okay it's very real you know it's it's hours of your time and it's it really it merits that at the very least for sure um awesome so guys what's uh, what's ahead for the rest of the week for each of you well man so so tomorrow's episode is uh monster hunter right? that's right interactive artistry um we're gonna here's the thing it depends on whether phil can make it and i've been telling this like justin wants to come on to that episode too and i think phil is having an operation uh you know um as in uh, dragon's banner you know and uh-huh. um so i'm not sure if yeah we'll just have to check if it's not then i mean we're, we're happy we can do something else so de- um days gone is an option um you know ghosts of Tsushima is an option if we want to talk about that so we just have to find out so, but what were you saying, Dean? No, I mean, uh, like we talked about Cyberpunk Witcher, I'm I'm all able to talk about those those games. I mean, Days Gone, I I, I think I could maybe, but 
I'm not I'm not as excited. I mean those those trailers and, and stuff is really great, but yeah. again, I'm I'm about the developer and I don't know anything about the developer and yeah. it's kind of hard. Yeah, Ben have been sort it. of yeah, you're right. They've been kind of uh, just keeping behind their, you know, closed doors to make their game, that's understandable. Yeah. Um, and I do want to talk about The Witcher at one point I do. I think I have a couple of retrospective episodes I want to bring up because um uh that that's invaluable. And and especially with like the no clip stuff that's being done, you know, the documentaries by Danny Danny uh Danny O'Dwyer. I really mm-hmm, appreciate mm-hmm. that work there for sure. Um Steve, uh did you um yeah, like uh where where are you on, on what Dean was saying? Uh, the the Monster Hunter thing. Yeah. Yeah. Would you Would you be wanting to come on to um that episode, or in case Phil may not be able to make it for tomorrow's recording, um, what kind of what kind of game would would you uh of that sixty that uh, seventy I, that we have? Yeah. I don't think I can make it tomorrow, but uh, but maybe no. I, I don't know if you're planning to do like a cyberpunk. Oh, uh, yes. episode where we can also talk about the Witcher thing yeah, that you were mentioning. So, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, I, th- I thought maybe it could, it could be a cross cross episode, Perfect. or we could talk yeah. about what the Witcher only and Cyberpunk other time. Or oh no, no, yeah, I, it's going to be both. And um, we're going to have a Witcher, we're going to have a Cyberpunk episode, and then a definitely Witcher episode. But obviously, inevitably, in the Cyberpunk episode, we'll be talking about Witcher. Um, so, Steve, I want to make sure you're on that for that because you mentioned it, and like that's that. I'll yep. rec- I want to recognize that and honor that. So we will. Um, have that maybe as the one after this one um you know i think i've been i have been gearing up for monster Monster hunter world and it's very close to release hence why i wanted to have it um you know this week Mm -hmm. but uh yeah i just want phil to be on that one like he's a monster hunter guy like he he can speak very strongly to that and i think it would be a good um important debut episode for him he's one of our producers so that really helps but even beyond that Mm -hmm. even if he wasn't he's just like super kindred guy and he um he clearly knows a lot uh he speaks quite intelligently and, and knowledgeably about uh, Monster Hunter World. So very intrigued by like the archetype of, uh, um, you know, running around as kids, you know, hunting monsters. I, I'm going to be able to talk a lot about my own experience as a kid from that point of view, for sure. So that's going to be um, yet yeah, tomorrow. But again, we'll just we'll just jump on the Skype, see how Phil's doing. If not, it's probably going to be... Would you, Dean, would you come on for um, Ghost of Tsushima? Uh, I mean, which is how much is known about the game? Yeah, yeah the, but the how much? Is, yeah, exactly. I, I didn't play any of the infamous. I didn't play any of the infamous. Okay. Okay. So I think I'm not. I'm not a good fit. Okay, that's cool. Um, I mean, I have the uh, you know the, the the list of games that I've sort of segmented them out, and I have the recording schedule, which uh, you know I sent you guys. Um, it's just that yeah, like spacing out the different titles. Again, things can move around, so. Uh, coming up, we do have Ghost of Tsushima. We have Shadow of the Colossus, which is coming very close to February. I was hoping having that on the same week of release. Secret of Mana, Dragon Age 4, and then um, D- Detroit. Would you want to speak to Detroit by any chance? Yes, for sure. Great. Okay, so our backup... And everything that we can Perfect. Our backup uh, for tomorrow, uh, if uh, um, Phil can't make it for Monster Hunter World, we'll be going into Detroit. I think um, I have quite a few riffs about that, about like choice and everything. Um and mm-hmm. implication and branching paths and i think ray can speak to that too so we might we'll get her on the show as well for that one uh, as a little segment within a segment but um guys i'm gonna um no i'm not gonna like i'm in pjs now i'm naturally not gonna get dressed i'm just gonna go to work in pjs fuck it fuck it <laughs> who cares Jesus Christ. who cares um, what, what work is that <laughs> uh, yeah i just do uh like data analysis stuff um and uh yeah i'll just have my slippers and my uh, robe and i'll just be like yeah whatever i just didn't feel like getting dressed today and i'm gonna get fired that's going to be great. Oh. 
It's gonna be great. More, more time for editing. Yes, <laughs> you say that, but I secretly, yeah, <laughs> I'm laughing, but also out of like, yeah, you see, you see where I'm at. I was like, obviously, works. Money's important, but it's like to have all that time to edit, man. Oh man, that'll be so good. But anyway, uh, you know, balancing life priorities, obviously, and uh, you know, uh, as as I said in the letter to Santa Santa Monica, may the two become one one day, uh, as I as I will it to be you know and you know uh, with the universe aligning with everything with patron and everything um you know interactive artistry growing i want it to be the the one thing you know to work that's the ultimate thing you know and uh, i was discussing this with ray uh you know how the collider videos and and uh, kind of funny how they have their studio and everything i'd love to have a studio set up with you guys you know i think that'd be cool like <laughs> the, the giant bomb guys or the rooster teeth or uh what else who's another crew that uh, that do stuff like that um the Red Letter Media guys. Red Letter Media. Uh, yeah. <laughs> of, of course, Steve would bring up what Red Letter. I love Red Letter Media. I love them. Oh, my God. You know, well, this is the world. <laughs> so good. It, it would be so funny when, when you know, you, you want us to meet in the same country. It would be so funny if, if you know, the middle country of our soul is like Syria or something like that. Funny, so it's, funny because, it's funny because we live like in three different continents, so we'll, we'll end up doing the show like in Antarctica. Yeah, that's yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah, but, and yeah, that, I, you know what? I was going to say, oh, that, of course, you know, we can't be unrealistic. We have to go to a place that makes sense. But no, I'm actually going to officially say on this show <laughs> that we have to meet in the exact triangu triangulated middle. <laughs> so I'm zooming out on Google Maps right now. And so between We're going to be on, on the ocean. Yeah, between... Somewhere on the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we're making it happen. We hired the boat and everything. You know, got the satellite <laughs> happening. Um, so between Australia... It is the ocean. Fuck. So much fucking ocean. Yeah, that should be the real title of this episode. Instead of thalassophobia is a thing, it should be like... It's all about the ocean. It's all about the that's fucking it. ocean. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, we'll figure it out. I think um, maybe maybe we should just literally just crash Daniela's house and just have like pizza and pasta all day and then play Death Stranding when, you know, with, with you know, uh, PS4, there's the countdown, you know, you do the pre-order and it's like preloads onto you, your system. Uh, and there's that, I love that in that countdown in the menu. Imagine that countdown party, guys, of like seeing yeah. on the PS4 Pro with the giant 4K TV and just being like, shit, we're about to fucking play Death Stranding. Can't wait, man. So good. Yep. <laughs> awesome. Well, until then, guys, have a fantastic rest of the week. And uh, not until then, obviously, until next we speak, either on Interactive Artists or any of the other shows. So have a great time, guys. I, this was one of my favorites, for sure. Yeah, mine too. Yep. Have a good one, man. Have a great week, man. Bye. Thanks. Okay, guys. Yeah. Thank you.